You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Therapy. It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave and the 2019-2020 Packers season is over. Uh, Packers get handled, handily, in San Francisco or actually Santa Clara. Um, Dave, once again, I mean, that trip... Going to the West Coast is brutal. I mean, yeah. you know, you've been saying this since that Los Angeles game. It is really tough. That three-and-a-half-hour flight is killer. Yeah, I mean, I've done it before. It takes forever to get there. And, uh, I mean, if, if you take a good two-hour nap, there's still more time to go. It's tough. It it's is tough. really tough. I mean, we can't expect them to win under those conditions. No. And so, you know, once again, I you know, I was getting optimistic, but I must have thought maybe they're only playing in – the mountain time zone, or maybe they're playing at Lambeau Field, but no, 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 it was on the West Coast, and man, it just, they hit 0 for 3 and just getting absolutely blasted by uh, every time they've gone out there. It was such a disappointment, um, which we'll, I guess we'll get into. Well, you know, it's important, I think, to remember uh, that they were playing with house money. Now, I know that uh, our guy, Chief Tom, uh, I believe Okinawa right now, I think is where he's at, or Japan, or I'm not sure where he's at th- these days. But, you know, he doesn't believe in the house money concept. Um, and, I mean, there are some, you know, Packer fans that don't. But, you know, to get as far as they did under a first-year head coach to win 13 games in the regular season, to advance the conference championship game, um, I think is, is, is quite an achievement when I, you know, expected – Seven and nine. A lot of people were looking eight and eight. You were optimistic at nine and seven. Yeah. Uh, so, so to go as far as they did to win the division, to get a first round by, to play in the conference championship game, I think that's the big picture to pay attention to. Because pay attention, to the first half of that game was absolutely a disaster. It was just a. It was. It was. You know that slow motion car wreck thing. You're watching. You can't look away, but there's nothing you can do about it. Well, at what point did you feel? It was not going to be our day because uh, I thought before the game started, I, you know, I think we talked a week ago, if I recall, I think we both thought they would lose. Is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's a, fair. We can't well, I, cover I thought, it. It's, I thought it was going to be close. Well, I think I thought it's either going to be a, just a real uh, you know, intense game, something like 2014, one way or the other. You know, it's going gonna to be that just grinded out kind of a, a – a game, or we're going to get blown out. I didn't see any scenario where the Packers blow them out, unless yeah. you know a bunch of turnovers. Garoppolo is not that good, and like it kind of falls. But I, I thought that was maybe a one percent probability, and it was either one or the other. And as the week went on, I thought, you know what? As I think of it, you know they're they're in the big game. We've played them before. You know Rogers, this is a great moment for him to step up and shine. You know the defense is better. You know, that last game was kind of an aberration because of the way it started. I had all these sort of things. So I was starting to think, like, maybe this is going to happen. And my goodness, 
they're going to go to the Super Bowl with a new coach. And I mean, this is almost more surprising in 2010, where I felt like that was a gift. Um, but to me, I thought uh, it came pretty early on. So what? What do you, as you watch the game? When do you think that you first thought, "Uh oh, this is not going to happen"? Well, the the first regret I had was when they didn't go for it on fourth down at midfield. Must have been their first drive. Yeah, uh, I I didn't think that was fatal because yeah, I thought that was a missed opportunity, but not not fatal. But it was, I think, the um, exchange uh, between. Lindsley and Rodgers that went awry and it was a turnover. Uh, that that I thought was was if it wasn't fatal, um, it was going to be tough to come back from that. And even the strip sack, I, I know they got that back, uh, but that that just looked pathetic. You know, like a team that that just wasn't going to win the game. No. So 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 those were the couple of indicators there that yeah, this just this just wasn't going to happen. And I really didn't even notice how they were getting so thoroughly run over until the graphic. I think at that point, didn't Garoppolo have like six passes and they were in uh, late in the first half, I think. And it's like, boy, I hadn't noticed that. But yeah, they really are getting run over, you know? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I when I had to check Twitter when they showed that he had only thrown six passes or something like that. And I thought, really? I guess that's right. And in the number of yards that they're running, because I was so focused on our offense yeah. And the mistakes we were making, and uh, you know, trying to get to third down, trying to get third down. I, I guess it, it was kind of a sneaky, excellent game. And then you know, when the game's over, it's all about we need to beef up our run defense and all this kind of stuff. And I, I'm still sort of focused on how the offense did. the The point for me that I thought, uh oh, this is not, um, this isn't going to happen for us, is uh, we go. Let's see, on the first drive, we we stopped in three and out, and I'm pretty optimistic. Um, we don't go for it on fourth down. I was kind of disappointed too, but it's on the 50 yard line, right? It's, it's zero, zero. It's not on the 50 is not a no brainer, uh, especially against, you know, a very good defense, very good front front line. And, uh, so, I mean, the way Aaron Jones was running, you'd like to think that, but, and I suppose the idea is like, look, we're the underdogs. We need to take every chance we can, but I, I you're right. It's not fatal, but I, 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 I thought that. I would like to see them try, especially now after we've lost yeah, a bit. Yeah. But they score a touchdown, so now we're down seven nothing, and they pretty much moved the ball down the field. It's the next drive. The next drive on a second and nine, uh, Rogers throws a great pass to Lazard, who makes a great catch on the sidelines. Then uh, there's a short pass to Geronimo, who tries to duck under and gets nothing. Um, actually, I'll, I'll take that back. Um, is this the right? Is the drive? right game? Okay. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, I thought that was Geronimo Allison. Um, I'm no Geronimo is the first play, and then Lazard caught the ball. That now it's first down on the Green Bay 39. Sorry. Um, then we had two running plays, and it's third and seven. Rogers drops back to pass. He's looking at Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is open for the first down. He tucks it under and scrambles, gets sacked. And I thought that's that's the game right there. I mean, this is the problem we've had all season. He's not willing to throw it into any kind of traffic, which if you watch it, I just watched it on NFL.com. I watched the replay and saw it again. He's looking right at Aaron Jones as he's just about to cross the first down marker. That's a ball that I think every quarterback throws. You don't need to be the world's greatest quarterback to make that completion. You know, Tannehill, I think all these guys would throw this pass to get that first down. But he holds it, and he thinks he can scramble. 
He gets sacked for a loss of 13 yards, and then we punt. They get a field goal after that, and then I, you know the offense really breaks down. So I, I thought, you know, what I'm disappointed with, and you talk about this idea of house money. I never really felt that the offense kind of learned was learning its lesson as it went along, and I don't know if that was Lafleur or Rogers or whoever, you know, that or a combination of the two. Um, you know, I really see this as a failed offensive game as much as as the defense. I mean, the defense didn't play very well, but the offense put the defense in tough situation. You had a five play punt. This is the first half. Five play punt. Five play play punt. Three plays and punt. A fumble, interception, and a three play and punt. And by the end of that first half, it's down twenty seven to nothing. And I'm reading what well, we we have to shore up our run defense. Look, the problem was the offense could not keep the defense off the field, give them a break, or at least try to make us competitive and put pressure. No wonder they can run for a million yards when they're up seventeen nothing, twenty nothing, twenty seven nothing. You know, the offense did absolutely zero. So to me. My disappointment is with Aaron Rodgers and the offense uh, as much as the defense. And I thought it really started on that second drive. He's just not willing to pull that trigger um, on, a, on a guy that's NFL open, maybe not wide open, but he's open enough. That was very frustrating to me. I don't disagree. Um, I think, though, that there is blame on on, on both sides of the ball. Um, if I had to... You know, if I was forced to choose which side, you know, lay the, you know, bigger steaming pile, uh, probably the offense for the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, you know, they did turn the ball over. And they really, it was, it was Rodgers that they goofed up uh, center snap and the two interceptions. Uh, now, miscommunication, whatever, it, you know, it was, a, it was an interception. So that, I think, is the bigger problem of the two. Now, the run defense, uh, they were just – it was the JV playing the varsity there. there it, it wasn't so much that they ran the ball effectively. It was that the Packers didn't really put up much of a, of a fight. No. Um, it, was, it was like when you watch the, the Badgers on Saturday um, and their running game, I mean, a lot of times their running backs you know, don't, don't get touched until they're you know, five yards downfield. Down and that was kind of the case for San Francisco too. You just don't – see that very often in the NFL where, where guys get a lot of uncontested yardage. Um, you know, so props to them. Um, and I'd like to think that the Packers are better than that, but a couple of things here, and, and this is why I have a hard time blaming Pettin too, even though uh, a lot of people don't. I mean, and, and one of them, you know, yeah. Pedro the Trash Man, I'm going to read that in a minute here, but, um, you know, scheme only takes you so far. Um, and at some point, I think you really have to have, you know, Billy's and Joe's making plays and they didn't have that. I mean, the guys they have, and in, and in fairness to the, to the players, the guys they have are primarily going to stop the pass. I mean, that's what your, your two Smith brothers are there for. Uh, even Kenny Clark, you know, he's a, a solid guy against the run, but you know, what makes him special is that he had six sacks this season. He's, he's able to get some push from that middle position. Uh, Packers are more of a defense that was geared to stop the pass. And it wasn't just because of Mike Pettin. There's a lot been made that Mike Pettin, you know, disregarded the run in order to focus on the pass. And I think that is true and actually is, is probably not, um, wrong in the NFL. It's, it's still primarily 
a passing league. Uh, but I don't think he disregarded the run entirely, uh, at least not to the extent that San Francisco was able to exploit it. Um, a lot of times in the NFL, if teams run the ball successfully, that is 130 yards on the ground. Uh, I'll let teams do that all day long because what you want to stop is them getting 260 yards through the air. And so against most teams, in most situations, the general strategy of Petten and probably of the front office, get guys that can sack the quarterback or guys that can get in the passing lanes, knock the ball down, make interceptions, you know, shut down the passing game. In the way the rules are stacked, I think that's the smart way to too. play it. Yeah, right. yeah. So it's it's really hard for me to to blame Petten on this. But Pedro the Trash Man did not have as much difficulty. <laughs> um, he said Lafleur was forced to bring Petten. Well, he said kind of forced to bring Petten along as defensive coordinator, which I agree with at the time. Pedro says, but after this historically poor defensive performance against the run, do we end up? with a new D coordinator next year. We do need a fast sideline-to-sideline middle linebacker in any case. And I do agree with that. Uh, And later on in this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the personnel decisions that they're going to have to make, and Blake Martinez is probably one of those. Um, But I don't think it's it's this guy's fault. I mean, everyone was so pleased with Petten last year to the point that the front office did kind of insist or suggest strongly uh, that LaFleur keep this guy. And now everyone is saying, well, they gave him a year and cut him loose. You yeah. know, if, if everybody was, was comfortable with him last year, I don't think he got stupid in the course of 12 months. No. And uh, did you want to fire him after the Seattle game? Um, yeah. Well, I, good, I, good, good point. Yeah. You know, I, I felt like, um, and you know, I, I was ready to move on from Dom Capers. So I'm definitely not a guy to stick with the coach too long. I'm probably – a fire too early than than one year too late. But you're right. I mean, the Packers defense was built to stop the the pass. They had pass rushers. I mean, the two Smith brothers were, I guess, what were their tackle uh, chart? I know Lake Martinez led the team in nine nine uh, tackles, but uh, Smith Zedarius had five, and Preston had two. Um, so they were pretty, you know, given their regular uh, performance, they were pretty ineffective. But then you think of it as you go backwards, you have middle linebackers that are not very, you know, super talented, not fast. They're not kind of road grader, you know, big guys in the middle that are going to just plaster your running back. And in fact, you know, they play a lot. What they want to play is the hybrid safety linebacker. So yeah. that by definition is light. And then they have, you know, one of their safety savage is a fa- very fast, but he's a light guy. And he got um, run over, too, during, during that game, yeah. Yeah, and, and our two corners, you know, I don't think Kevin King is necessarily a great tackle. I think Alexander is pretty good, you know, against the run. and will. Uh, so they are built to beat the pass, and I will give credit to San Francisco. Not many teams, like the pa- you know Packers being one of them, when the running game is working, do they stick with it? I feel like they... You end up, you know, hey, the running game is working, so now it's play action. I mean, San Francisco realized until they stopped, it was very Belichick-like. You're like, look, I'm just going to keep with it until we find a problem. And they never actually had a problem. And I thought the other thing, too, that they did well was a lot of misdirection. So you always had someone kind of flowing, you know, going left or motioning left, and they'd run right, which would freeze, you know, Martinez or someone. And then by the time the running back got through – you know, line of scrimmage, you had, 
you know, Kittle on Martinez, and you had these wide lanes for these um, for the running backs. So, you know, I I don't know if that was Petten's fault necessarily. I mean, as they're doing all this motion, I you know I don't know if they're really ready. But then no one made big plays. You know, as Darius is flying up the field, they're cutting in to the whole, the gap he's leaving. Um, I suppose there could have been a, a sort of reevaluation of the game plan. Maybe you really stack. You put eight, nine, ten guys in the box and just force Garoppolo to beat you. Um, I didn't feel that they overly did that. I felt like they still kept the linebackers back, you know, kind of had four. Um, they didn't sell out against the run. And I don't know if that would have worked anyway. If they really sold out against the run, I bet you Jimmy Garoppolo hits Kittle and Samuel and all yeah, these other sure. guys. for. So, look, I just think San Francisco is a really bad matchup for the Packers. Yes, um, yes. And they they did what, you know, I think I just think we should do and other teams probably should do is they looked at our weakness and said, we can attack that. If we can get to the second level, you know, we got, they have weak linebackers and their safeties aren't necessarily, you know, guys that are going to bully you over either. And they stuck with it. It worked. And it's just, you know, the Packers couldn't recover because I, you're right. I just don't think they were talented enough. I don't know what Petten could have done to, you know, to stop this. Um, Plus, you know, there were a lot of short fields. I was looking at the the drive chart. Um, you know, on their 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 scoring drives was well, eighty nine was the first drive that was pretty good. But then it was fifteen yards to a field goal because that awful punt. Yep. Thirty seven yards for a touchdown. Sixty eight yards field. for a field goal, and thirty yards for a touchdown. So, you know, the offense had a lot to do with some very and special teams had a lot to do with very short fields for this team. And that's twenty seven nothing. And everything that happened in the second half. You know, when you're up 27 to nothing, there's just not enough time to come back. Um, and uh, but you know, even as it was, I think I think we're frustrated because San Francisco kept scoring in the second half. You know, if we would have could have made it a close game if we could have shut them down, but uh, they stuck with the run and we had no answer for that. But I, I think it's a little ridiculous to want Petten out. I don't know if he will be out or or if he will stay because he wasn't Lafleur's first choice. So it's it's possible that maybe he doesn't stick around, but I, I kind of like him. I think they, and well, we can talk about what I think they should do, but I, I think it's a little premature to just launch Patton and start a whole new scheme and do what you had this year where next year we talk about, well, you know, defense did fine, but you know, it's the first year we got to get to the second year, the third year. Um, I, I just don't know if I want to rotate, uh, cause it wasn't like he had a bad year. I think he just had a really bad game. Uh, I know. I I think they should fire the entire coaching staff every year, uh, yeah. because because then you know there won't be people saying it's gone stale. They need a new voice. And Come on, fresh. McCarthy was there for a long time, and I think everyone says that like, his offense is like, predictable. It's, it's like Sean Payton. I mean, Sean Payton's been in in New Orleans forever, and he's had less success than than McCarthy. So you know. I, I don't. I don't know if that's a true. It's a truism from where we are in Green Bay, but that's not necessarily the case every place. And and the, you know, case in point is 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 uh, is Sean Payton in New Orleans. So I, well, I this is the wrong time to have a McCarthy fight, but yeah, I, I don't think anything is yeah, stale well, at this all point. All next year, well, all next year to talk about the McCarthy yeah. and the and the Cowboys on Cowboys that's true. Therapy. Yeah, so too. you know, but, but here's the here's the here's the thing that I'm hearing a lot now is that well. Packers really have to gear up to stop the run. They got to beat San Francisco. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I, first of all, you have to beat 
they will have San Francisco on their schedule next year. They'll have to beat them that week. Okay. The other 15 games will not be San Francisco. And so if you're going to retool your defense, if you're, if you're going to launch the DC, if you're going to go to a 4-3 scheme, which is the most ridiculous thing that I've heard being suggested, because you just invested a dump truck full of cash to bring in the, the Smith guys to be your edge rushers. And I don't think it makes any sense to say because we got our lunch handed to us uh, against San Francisco against the run. Now we've got to totally change our defense so we can beat San Francisco. Well, most of the league still passes. It's still, by and large, a passing league. Now we're seeing more teams that favor and slant toward the run. Seattle is a team that does that. I think that Minnesota is a team. It's kind of tilting in that direction. San Francisco, there's a lot of teams now that are beginning to go to the run as a reaction to, you know, defenses loading up against the pass. But most of the teams the Packers will play next year are not going to run the ball 42 times and pass eight. They are probably going to be more of a 55-45 passing kind of situation. So it makes sense still to go with the 4-3, to go with the players you have, to put pressure on the quarterback. I don't think it makes any sense at all to have a top-to-bottom redo of the defense because you had a bad NFC championship game. You still have to play an entire schedule next year, win your division, and get home field. San Francisco is going to be on the schedule one time next year, and maybe, maybe you'll see him in the playoffs. So I don't think you just build your entire team around one opponent when you got to play an entire season of different opponents. Do you remember the year, was it the 4th and 26th game? Um, the draft after that, was it Sherman was the GM, and he drafted people that needed to fill in, it seemed, for that game, like including drafting a punter in, round, in the third round because we had a bad punting game, I right. thought. Was that, do you recall that it was like a, a real reaction? I don't know who the first and second round, but I felt like it was all the things that we missed out after that fourth and 26 game, if I recall that right. Um, do that, you recall? You know, I, I don't BJ remember Sander that. was drafted right, right, in the third yeah, round. Right. And did they but take I, two corners? or I forget who they... You know, I'm not precise, but I do know uh, that the Packers have had reactionary drafts. Uh, what was the draft? Was it 99 where they did the first three, three picks? Yeah, yeah because, because, Rand, uh, because it was Randy Moss. But at least in that case, uh, you know, you play the Vikings twice, yeah. you, know, at least, you know, and and so you, you knew that that guy was going to be around, and you also knew that most teams, it wasn't just that you were trying to stop Minnesota or Randy Moss, most teams are going to have a really good receiver. And so that, even though they went with three guys, uh, three defensive backs in that draft in reaction to the Randy Moss situation in Minnesota, that makes more sense than retooling your entire defense uh, to stop the run when a lot of teams don't do that. And the primary team is not somebody that you're necessarily going to see all the time. Right. Because it could be New Orleans is the team next year and they Pass. They're probably, a, a, yeah, they are a pass first team and, and, you know, we're kind of built for a Kansas city or the saints much more than like you say, Minnesota who wants to run the ball more or San Francisco. I mean, you gotta, you know, if you try to address every, every spot, then I think it's, it's a challenge. And how many years has it been that the Packers have tried to address the defense? It's over and over and over. Yeah. 
and they've let other areas lapse. I, I think what they ought to do, if you want to, one way to stop the run is to score touchdowns on offense. If you get a lead, <laughs> it's hard for teams to, you know, commit to the run game because, you know, even as you're a great running team, you get a no yard, you know, on first down, now it's second and nine. And now what do you do? You're going to run again and you now have a, a third and nine. Um, or do you end up passing and, and now it's kind of built into your, the way your defense is built. So I think what they, they have to build the team next year, not in defense or as a reaction to San Francisco, but build the best team that you can build, which I think is, you know, have a great, great offense. And I think they're, they're, I mean, they've been trying to build this defense forever, but I, they've given up on top pick wide receivers, top pick tight ends. I mean, if you had, Two more really good receivers and a really good tight end. I don't know how you get that next year, free agency or the draft, and you play that against San Francisco, and then Rodgers trusts you know, four or five guys rather than one guy. Uh, maybe the offense becomes great again, and now it's a different ballgame with San Francisco. Sure, maybe they can run the score up with you, but if you hang with them, well, you've got a chance. I, I think trying to go back and build the defense has just not worked Forever. Here, I just saw this list. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Uh, how many defensive backs we have drafted oh, in the first and second round? Wow. 2014 was Ha Ha Clinton Dix, who's gone. 2015 was Randall and Rollins, they're gone. Yep. 17 was King and Josh Jones. Jones is gone. Yep. Uh, 18 was Alexander and Josh Jackson. They're both there, but really only Josh Alexander. Josh kind of on the way out, yeah. And then 19, you had Savage. Uh, so you've, you've, you've put a lot of draft capital into the defense. And once again, we're talking about deficiency on the defense, but you've got Devonte Adams and a bunch of undrafted free agents, all in your wide receivers. And I mean, if you look at the stats of this first half, yeah, the defense played bad, but the offense I think played worse. I, I, I really do. And I think it's, you need to go and for, you got what you got on defense. Now coach him up, do as best you can. Maybe you can get a middle linebacker and improve. Um, try and improve your talent wherever you can. I think the the goal should be to make this offense so great that it puts other teams on their heels. You know, if they make a a mistake, now you're up fourteen nothing. You know that can that puts you in a really good spot. So I, I'm really frustrated when I whenever I see we need to fix this run defense. We need to draft an interior defensive lineman. Are you kidding me? That's I, I think of of all the things that they have, I feel like that's just fine. Uh, compared to some other positions, um, well, you know, they San Francisco is going to get their yards, and that's fine. This is their year, but uh, I'd be so frustrated if they draft first round a defensive tackle. Well, I I would be. Uh, I mean, I think Lancaster's a good story. You know, he's he's a um, you know a, I believe he's undrafted, and you know he's he's a try hard guy. I think he's. He's solid. He's a rotational player, though, and he's he plays a lot, plays a lot uh, of downs for the Packers. And I just I just think that it's it's guys like that, and it's guys like Goodson. You know, you gotta you gotta change you gotta change out the talent there, and probably Blake. You know, I mean, Blake tackles a lot of guys, but he's not you know Desmond Bishop. You know, they need somebody who's going to make a that's going to make a, an impact. Um, at middle linebacker. Now I know Blake had a had a really nice cover two interception, you know, in a, in a critical game, you know, down the stretch. And Blake has led the NFL in tackles. I mean, there's a lot of things about Blake that suggest that he'll get paid by somebody someplace. 
uh, and he'll he'll play another you know four or five years in the league probably. But I think the Packers, where they are and what they aspire to be, they just they have to get better at you know those interior positions. I mean, I think their defensive backfield is okay. In fact, in some ways, it's a plus defensive backfield. I think their edge rushers are terrific. The problem lies is they need at least one more guy uh, next to Kenny Clark, and they need probably two guys uh, to play inside linebacker. You know, guys, guys with speed, guys that they they don't have to cheat with a Raven Green or a, or an Ibrahim Campbell type of player. You can actually go with a you know linebacker that can run. I know that's what. Uh, they were trying to get with 42. I mean, that was the whole idea of Burks, right, is to have a guy who is either you know too big to play safety, too small to play linebacker. He's got enough speed. But speed alone doesn't matter. You have to you know, know what you're doing with it with that speed, and I don't think that Burks does. So they, they need somebody with that physical capability, but who also can play the position. Well, I'd love for them to get to upgrade, you know, even Lowry, Lancaster, you know, get all pros in there, have two all pro linebackers. If they draft in the first or second round defense, I'll just be sick to my stomach. I feel like I, they should draft a wide receiver first and a tight end second, and then go pick up a good wide receiver in free agency. And then hopefully you can get some people that fall to you in the draft or, you know, get the uh, Tyler Irvin of defensive linemen that can fill a hole. Cause I, I look, the defense had a terrible game. You know, I'm looking last week, Minnesota, uh, Seattle had a pretty good offense, if I recall. Russell Wilson, I mean, they had some running backs hurt. They held up to 23 points. Um, you know, this defense wasn't broken all year long. And I, I feel with an offense that can score consistently, this defense could be good enough to, to make it to a Super Bowl. But I, I think it, it goes hand in hand. Um, you know, I also saw the stat that said how many points uh, defense has given up in playoffs that Aaron Rodgers has lost. And, uh, oh, you know, to say that it's not Rogers fault, it's been the defense. He's never had a good defense. Um, but you know, like I look at this game and you could say the same thing, you know, here's a team that ran for almost 300 yards. Uh, what an embarrassment, but I think like in years past, you know, the offense, as if it goes just limp, um, then the defense isn't good enough in this NFL against good teams to stop consistently. You've got to have an offense that can score on a pretty consistent basis if you want to get to the Super Bowl. And so I, I just I can't stress it enough. I hope that they repair the offense and then get Rodgers to be comfortable and get rid of the ball and get it to some playmakers. I Jimmy Graham, Kumaro, MVS, uh, even Lazard. I mean, I think these are guys that are very low on the talent scale compared to other teams, and we need to shore that up. I think uh Tight end is is probably more of a of a need in my book uh, than even than even wide receiver. Uh, I you know I I think my assumption, which is I guess maybe maybe it's flawed, but I thought that the whole idea of this offense was that the scheme was supposed to mitigate some of that that talent factor. I mean, the whole idea was that there's, you know, these bunch formations and all this motion and guys are getting schemed open. They don't have to, to beat their man necessarily, but to make that work, you know, you, you have to not go with the isolation routes, which they seem to do a lot this year. I don't know exactly why. And then you have to have a quarterback that, 
you know, is willing, you know, to to take that quick pass when it's there and not hold it and look downfield. Uh, to me, more important, um, you know, than getting a, a blue chip wide receiver is, is getting your quarterback to really run the offense uh, the way it's supposed to be run. And I, I don't know uh, if this is even fair, but you always heard talk about certain offenses being quarterback friendly and, you know, it's, it's supposed to, you know, feature the quarterback. I don't think Lafleur's offense or the, the Shanahan offense is really geared that way. It, it's more of a, of a, of a team offense where you're not, you know, choosing your one guy that you're going to target 11 times in a game. Uh, you're trying a lot of different things and you're moving the ball around and the quarterback is not, uh, designed to be this enormous playmaker. He's supposed to, you know, pitch and catch and take the easy throw. And it isn't spectacular, but it's effective in moving the ball and keeping the chains moving. So I, I, I think some of those kinds of um, mental things, both on the part of the quarterback and maybe the coach saying, you know, we're not running those isolation routes anymore. We're doing it this way. And I know you are comfortable with the other way, but you have to get comfortable with it being this way in year two. So that's what I think they really have to do. And I, I, yes, tight end. Absolutely. I'd be okay with them drafting a receiver. I think they need help on the offensive line, Dave. I, I don't know if they're going to resign Bulaga. They, they probably will. But even if they do, that guy has a long history of injury and they're going to need more talent. Um, I, I don't think Billy Turner is a bad player. I don't think he's a great player though. And so I don't think it's a bad idea to, you know, maybe even use like a third round pick, fourth round pick on an offensive lineman because they they probably could use more depth there too. Well, yeah, and look, there's there's lots of places where you can probably improve, but you have to pick your spots. I I, I think I hope that Gutekinds doesn't, as we said, you know, react to this game and try to plug all the holes just to to do a little bit better against San Francisco. I mean, we scored twenty points, but I. I feel like we are 30 points behind San Francisco. Um, but if we try to close that gap, we may not increase the gap, you know, as other teams change. I, I feel like the defense has an identity. It is to stop the pass. I think we, you know, get turnovers, be opportunistic, be, you know, faster. That's why you got savage and not say a bigger safety. You know, that's what we got to go with. And I think I, I, I really feel the identity on, on offense is, it's going to probably always be passing more than it's going to be running. And uh, I, I just think you need to give Rodgers a lot of guys that he trusts and he get him fired up for um, and trusting guys to, to throw it downfield. I mean, you know, you talk about that scheming open. I mean, the play that I mentioned to Aaron Jones that he didn't throw, um, the, the way the play was designed is you had kind of man-to-man and then you had like a safety or linebacker and it was two guys to the left. I think it was Graham and... Aaron Jones was to the far toward the sideline and they both did a sort of five yard and then cut to the right pass pattern. And so I think the safety committed to Graham and uh, that made Jones open as he cuts in front of the, his, his um, who's ever cutting him. And, you know, I felt like that was a scheme open kind of play, but Rogers doesn't throw it. Um, now I think Aaron Jones is good enough for him to throw it, but I feel like, you know, if that's drama Allison or Kumro or MVS, or Lazard, I feel like he's just holding it because it's not Adams. It's not someone he really trusts. Well, give me another Adams. Um, 
maybe someone else he seems to like more of the senior guys like uh, like Jimmy Graham you know get him guys that he trusts that and and that are more talented um i i just think i i'm beating a dead horse here i just think we've got to make the Denny on offense i think it's the passing game that we can make it great again and we got to go out and get some studs that can really make this offense work what are you going to get a red hat that says make the offense great again you yes know. i would uh <laughs> <laughs> that that's in my head for some reason. I don't I don't know why. Um, but well, yeah, that's it, an it, easy thing to to say. It um, is an election year after all. That's so. right. It's it yeah. is happening a lot. Hey, we should take a break. I want to make sure that yeah. we. Uh, I think that's a good idea. I'm not even going to ask for money this time. I mean, it's it's the last podcast of the season. Uh, there's you know, save your money. I would say invested in some kind of what is six month window, Dave. You know more about that. P- you know, put your money into that. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, no, whatever. You know, CD, DVD. It, it, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but put your money in that and let it mature for six months. Packers therapy comes back. Boom, we get the whole thing. That's what I'm talking about. So forget all about PayPal and Packers therapy, yahoo.com. Don't give us any money, but we'll take it from you in August. Anyway. Uh, we're going to kind of, uh, you know, take one of Dave's Xanax and settle down here, relax a little bit, um, and uh, come back at this fresh uh, Chris and Dave Packers therapy, taking our first short break. Chris and Dave back, more Packers therapy. You know, there's, there's Is it a therapy? Lot. Well, Is- it's, it's kind of therapy. It's therapy for me. I mean, yeah. that's what's important, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I things get off my chest. Yeah, yeah, it gets therapeutic for, for me too, but... Um, I was fine. I kind of dealt with it at the night of. I, I kind of expect him to lose. This, we've seen this game already early in the year. It was just as as hard. I think I kind of let let myself know they're going to lose early in the game. Hey, would you prefer this or a tight game like and then lose like in 2014? Do you have a? Well, we, I I prefer the 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 tight game loss mainly because it's it's more entertaining. And if you lose, I mean that loss. You know, in the Seattle game, uh, two conference championships ago, uh, I mean that that stayed with me for days. I mean that was really really hard. But that's kind of how you know you're living. You know, <laughs> when yeah. when it when it when it means that much and it's that exciting and you know you, you had a chance. This, you know, you just kind of knew in the second quarter that you know this wasn't going so, their way and you're gonna have to watch the rest of the damn game yeah really netflix was staring me in the face uh in that third quarter where i thought uh if i didn't have a podcast <laughs> this would not be <laughs> yeah exactly too hard to let go yeah it was rough well they, they they you know came around in the third quarter played a little better they you know i don't i don't know if that was san francisco either letting down or you know trying not to um, allow a big play although they although they did allow a 65 yard pass and i think also a 42 yarder maybe to jimmy graham so if they were trying to avoid the big play they you know they didn't do a very good job of it so maybe the packers did play a little better in the second half and for a while there i thought you know maybe just maybe they were going to make it a game but they needed the the defense to pitch a shutout, and they weren't able to do that in the in the second half. And um, they also just, you know, the the turnovers that Rodgers made, I think, were just kind of you know lethal. I, you in a game like that, you can't afford to have taken the thirteen yard sack, the the strip sack, the misplay from center, 
Um, one of the interceptions, uh, the one that Sherman made, was you know more like a more like a punt, and it was more of a desperation thing. But it was the one to Allison that you know really hurt because at that point you know you were still you still had a chance in the yeah. game, and that that was just lethal. So turnovers, man, in the NFL, I suppose it's true at any any level, but man, in the NFL, that's that is just the most important thing. You can't. If you're not going to get turnovers yourself, you just cannot give the ball back. And no. the Packers did it three times. Well, yeah, and two of the turnovers were when you're down 17 nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, right. There's a bad time to turn the ball over. It's when you're down 17 points. Do you realize, Chris, though, we won the second half. We won 20 to 10 yes, in the second exactly. half. So it really isn't fair. They won the first half, we won the second and they get to go on? Uh, uh, that doesn't seem right to me. So but. we should play a third half then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, if they play a third half right now, I would not watch. I, I do not want to see San Francisco anymore. Um, until well, you'll 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 have to year. see them against Kansas City, probably. So uh, yeah, and I are you with me? I'm cheering for Kansas City. Oh, absolutely. I I am in the tank for Kansas City on on this one. I, yeah, no I don't I don't hate them. Uh, they let us beat them, which was nice. Mahomes, uh, I mean, Richard Sherman, I don't like uh, the stupid hat coach uh, that they have at San Francisco. That's a dumb hat he's wearing. It's uh, That flat brim thing? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. ridiculous. It grow up. He seems like a nice guy, but damn, oh. that hat is, yeah, I mean, it's, in fact, a lot of the fashions the NFL has trotted out, it, they're, they're kind of like, you, you got to get a fill up at the BP station in order to get one of those, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, they're, they're not, not did the designers kind of, you know, take a season off? I mean, the Titans thing where they have script, it says Titans and script. I mean, boy, that guy just phoned that one, one in from vacation. I mean, that's just lack of creativity in a, what, a $10 billion industry. And they're, and they're getting by with, you know, the the uh, silhouette, the outline of uh, the, the Houston logo on a white hat. You know, wow, that's that's really Stunning, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. They need to go. Well, do you like the Nike uh, uniforms where they're bright neon green and orange and all the things that – do you like that better? Well, the Packers version, that's all the all-white, and that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that is that's pretty rough. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. I will watch. It's actually a good Super Bowl. Um, I, I think, you know, this is a year where the two best teams, I think, are, are – you know, that has proved it throughout the year – I think San Francisco was was the class of the NFC, as much as I yeah, hate to say yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and it was either Kansas City or Baltimore. I would have loved to have seen them play each other, but uh, my goodness, Tennessee came really out of nowhere for me to to do really well. And they were up in that game against Kansas City. I thought, wow, Tennessee is tough. And I think they would have had a chance if uh, it wasn't for Mahomes running. Um, I think they played the pass, the run fine, and but they just couldn't kind of uh, get Mahomes. So that's going to make a really intriguing matchup with San Francisco. Um, Rodgers can't run anymore. I think yeah. the days of him scrambling away from people, either the defense is faster or he's slower. Um, and I don't think he's he's willing to put his neck out to get hurt anymore. I mean, did you did you give him a, kind of some flack for not diving for that uh, fumbled snap exchange? Boy, that was that was sad. And But that, that just kind of seemed like a guy that has seen a lot of battles and yeah. doesn't want to do that anymore, you know? And I, 
it wasn't he's, Brett Favre in in against the the Giants because that was the the whole cold weather thing. But there's there is a certain body mechanics, body language that suggests kind of a guy that's exasperated. And I I don't know if I wrote this to you or, or to somebody else who corresponded with us via email, but it was um, it was sort of like uh, it it wasn't that Brett was having a hard time with the cold weather. It w- it was just as though he he needed something else. He needed a new challenge. You were talking before about staleness. I think it's true for players too. I think the best thing that happened to Far was that he got traded away and he had to learn a new system in New York and he had to learn a new system in uh, Minnesota and he had the rivalry. And he, the year before he retired, 2009, he probably had one of his best seasons ever, if not he's uh, not his best season of his career. And so maybe Rodgers is at that point. He needs – he's got a new head coach. Maybe he needs a, another challenge that's more profound that will you know cause him to kind of shake up the way he proceeds in games. Uh, I – you know, Brett threw a lot fewer interceptions, uh, well, with one notable exception against New <laughs> Orleans. But he – you know – he was a more careful uh, quarterback than he was in Green Bay. And, you know, maybe Rodgers needs to realize, and sometimes you don't think about it until you're forced to and, and you're not in your old job any longer. Uh, but maybe he needs to realize that, hey, I'm 36. I'll be 37 in December. Um, I'm still a good athlete. I still have a good arm. But, you know, I don't really move as well inside the pocket as I used to, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to run for a lot of big gains outside the pocket. So I have to adjust the way I play to compensate for who I am now and the circumstances of the offense that I'm working in. But that takes a certain level of humility uh, to be able to take that kind of honest look at yourself. And I'm, I'm not sure that's one of Aaron Rodgers' strong suits. No, I don't think so either. Um... Yeah, you know, I I see him. You talk about he's been a lot of battles. I see him as you know he's been a lot of battles, and he's won the war. He's he's got all the money he needs, all the fame. He's got really everything. And now someone's asking him to go back and fight one more battle, even though it's over. And I think you know, I there's no I don't doubt his competitive nature and that he wants to win really bad. But uh, I also think that more and more now he doesn't want to get hurt. I think he's gotten hurt before. You know, he's been in the hospital with a broken collarbone, and you know I, that is the one thing he can't afford to give up. He's got the money, he's got everything that you'd want in this world, but his health is at risk, and so, which makes me wonder why he doesn't throw the ball more and just, um, you know, if interceptions, interceptions, just throwing, be more Farb-like. But uh, I thought when he didn't go up for that fumble, which when I watch it again, it really is a fumble that he probably couldn't have even gotten close to, but. Usually quarterbacks dive in there anyway. Um, he sort of was going backwards and just, just stopped. Um, it's the first time I thought, you know, I, I actually am starting to think that maybe he's close to retirement. Um, I'm not the only person to yeah. bring that up. I heard it on some of the uh, talk radio uh, this morning. I don't think that's true. I don't. But I, I just thought, yeah, you know, rather than he's going to go into his 40s and it's going to be very Tom Brady-like, I'm wondering now. That glassy-eyed look he gets when they're losing, you know, he's yeah. not rallying the troops on the sideline. I mean, he doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like he loves it <laughs> as as like some of these other guys do. 
Um, he's getting older. If he ate, you know, if he ages fast, much faster than he thinks, he's got this big contract, which I think is the reason why I don't think he's going to retire. But I just wouldn't be surprised that he retires earlier than we think. Well, he just bought a $28 million house. He's going to have to work for a little while, right, to make sure he's got enough to pay that sucker off. Uh, he probably only has to pay for half of it. Yeah, well, uh, that, the other, that, his, that's a good point. That's a good point. I tell you, if he gets married, I think he retires the year, the season after he gets married. Because then I think he locks in her fortune with his fortune, <laughs> and uh, he's he's good to go. And then he can go golf with Obama and Michael Jordan Whatever else he he ends up doing, but I I just I, I thought that look on his face and and uh, you, you know these are brutal losses. I just wonder if he's close to the end. I, I mean, what is his end game? I I don't. Does he want another Super Bowl? Does he want to win the quarterback rating of all time? Which is seems that's why he doesn't throw the ball um, into coverage. Um, you know, how much more does he feel he needs to accomplish? Is he still enjoying? I just it doesn't seem like he's enjoying as much as as maybe he used to. Well, I think he enjoys the wins, <laughs> you know. But but it it seems like when they get down or or the team is just is you know having one of those weeks, yeah, he he does seem to uh, maybe take it harder, you know, or more of a, almost a kind of a depressed sort of way, yeah. uh, you know, than, than he, than he did before. And I said before on this podcast, experience can be really great. I mean, it, you've seen things a thousand times, you know how to react, but it also can teach bad lessons. And, you know, he's, he's seen uh, his share of losing and injuries and things along the way. And that probably tempers enthusiasm you know I, I i think that's true pretty much of anything in life when it's when you haven't gone through it a lot and there are possibilities and there's the excitement of you know of of, of winning but when you've been through it and you've you know seen how things can can go badly <laughs> even when you do pretty well uh it goes bad for the team uh you know you you don't have that uh, that kind of unbridled optimism and enthusiasm because you've seen it go bad so often and that's one of the downsides of you know Aaron Rodgers uh, being what is he 15 years in in the league now something like that uh, yeah. yeah I guess he was he was drafted in in 2005 so you know he, he's been around a long time he's seen a lot of stuff he's experienced a lot of stuff and that's good but at the same time it's it's got a downside to it I mean he's got a great post career. I think in front of him, I think he could coach, he could be an announcer. I think, you know, there's lots of things that he has after his yeah. career is done on the NFL. I, I think, you know, he he would do well on a NFL pregame show. I think, you know, if he, what he wants to do, he, he's, he's clearly very smart and probably has all kinds of opportunities. You know, think of third game next season, he gets another concussion. Um, you think he's going to hang on for a long time, given... <laughs> You know his another concussion for himself. Well, see now that's the thing with him. I, you know, I, I'm. It was no fun to break his foot. It was you know no fun to have those surgeries on his collarbones, um, or I guess one surgery on the collarbone at least. Um, it it's not it's not fun to be to be physically hurt. However, when you start talking about brain injuries, and I think for a lot of people now, but I think especially for smart people, you know, Chris Borland, uh, some of these guys who you know, just want to call it a day when they can because they don't want to do any more damage to their to to their minds. Uh, and I think Rogers is one of those guys. I think he likes being a smart guy. 
Um, and so anything that's going to damage the long-term prospects, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think if he came out next year and you know tore up his knee or broke his leg, I think I think he'd probably try to come back from that. But another concussion, um, yeah, I think I think that's the kind of injury that could make him rethink the whole thing. Yeah, and he's more susceptible, I think now because he he can't get away from people as much. Yeah, I mm-hmm. thought there was one sack he took in this game. I thought he hurt his collarbone again. Did you? Yep. See that there was one point he was on the I ground. Thought so I thought yep. he reached up for his collarbone. Yep. I thought that's it. Um, but he he kept on playing. I mean, well, well, wait a second now. Now think about that for a second. You know, it it wasn't his collarbone, but you know, I know with the surgeries that I've had in my life, you are you get better from it. But in the back of your mind, you're always wondering or thinking that area is now vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had that hip surgery a couple of years ago. And, you know, I mean, you fall down and, you know, you're no longer invincible because you know that you have, you know, screws and fake parts and different stuff in you. And that makes me, that makes me wonder how much that's in the back of his mind about, you know, the 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 structural security of his of his collarbone and of course that's the throwing motion involves the collarbone as well it's a part of the shoulder so uh, I'm just wondering now that's a really good point the fact that he did kind of grab for that and it wasn't that but he's the, he's thinking about that kind of stuff now that that's an interesting point you know I he never admit it you're always speculating but is he is he thinking you know about is the next hit the last one? So I I, I want to be really careful, you know. Right, and you know I I I've made fun of this, but I hear me out here. This might be a Mason Crosby uh, conspiracy <laughs> theory uh, statement, but uh, hear me out. Uh, you know, I think about for my own life. I, I think that there's um, maybe some similarities or or some parallels. Is this idea that he talks about having a scotch after every game? <laughs> um, you know, I think he is. Like that is not something you normally hear from uh, athletes and quarterbacks that you know they're gonna they can't wait to get a drink after the game, um, you know I think he that's an old person thing to kind of do like to <laughs> uh, maybe he did it in his twenties but I, I I just feel like you know he's changing he's kind of moving toward you know the more softer side of life he's I mean this off season I'm sure he's probably on his way uh, packing up a Green Bay and then he'll be off to some, you know, island destination. It's going to be great. I mean, is he ready to get back and work out and all those things? But, you know, I can have a scotch tonight. I get a scotch at noon. You know, I don't have to play for five more months. And, um, you know, where is he going to feel like, you know, getting back uh, back together? That's, I think, you know, the challenge for him, it's always going to be a challenge for him. So having a new challenge, I, I think getting to their Super Bowl is a big challenge. I, I, I That's another reason to have some really new offensive weapons that could excite him and maybe get him more on board. I'd like to, to see that. I don't know how excited he'd be that we have a slightly better defense in the same wide receivers. I, I don't think that would be quite, it wouldn't excite me that much, but do you think the whole scotch thing, the, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it, it just feels like it's a, it's a dialing it back. You know, he's not going back to watch film and maybe he is, maybe it's just one scotch and that's the end. And, but uh, if it, it doesn't sound the same as the 29-year-old Rodgers to me. Well, you know you'll have a problem when he comes off the field and instead of putting one of those jackets on him, 
they give him a, a smoking jacket with an ascot and a cigar and a glass of scotch, and he puts his feet up on the bench. Then you know he's checked out. Uh, at this point, um, I think it's become kind of almost a, a punchline, a signature line with, with him to you know, talk scotch post-game. Uh, I, whether or not it's a good look, I dubious of that, but I think that may be almost kind of a bit for him these days rather than a sign that he needs AA. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't say he's a drunk or anything like that. I just I, I think it's a curious joke that he's adopted. I, I have no question he does probably has a scotch or two after the games and you know his body's probably hurting and more power to him. I don't think it's a, a bad thing. I just in terms of you know, what are some signs that it's starting to get toward the, the very bottom end of the other side of the hill? Um, that seems to sort of be one of them to me. I mean, it's, it's not diving for footballs. It's, uh, you know, not throwing the ball quicker. I would think a good sign. I mean, that's what, that's what Favre do is later. Like, I don't want to get hit, so I'm going to get rid of the ball. I, I, I don't quite know how to marry those two things together. If him wanting to keep healthy and him holding onto the ball, it seems like that's counterintuitive unless – he just does not want to affect his quarterback rating. I, is he still the all-time quarterback rating of all time? Uh, you know, I I haven't checked it recently. I I know he's the, the least was. has the best best um, um, uh, interception rate. But as far as passer rating, he was on top of it. But it seemed like somebody passed him. Uh, if may, maybe this season, I take a look at that during our next break. We can take a look and see. But speaking of Rodgers, to kind of close out this conversation. Oh, I have it. I have it okay. here. Okay. You, uh, this is, so he is one at okay. 102.4. Russell okay. Wilson's at 101.2. That's who I thought passed him. Oh, okay. Drew Brees is 98.4 and Tony Romo is 97.1, um, who was fantastic in the Chiefs game, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he um, is being courted now, I guess, too, by uh, the four-letter network. So, yeah, he's... He's probably going to want making more money as a broadcaster than as a player. Well, they said he called a penalty that um, that the refs missed and that they might have then heard about it through – they're not supposed to do that, but they might have heard – I guess there was uh, 12 men on the field, kind of a, a call that Romo said something about that they think got down to the refs. Did you see that? I didn't know. I mean, I know he did that, but I didn't know that he actually wound up influencing them. That, that That's something that's new to me. So anyway, he's uh, – so, you know, that is he maybe he had something, you know, he's got a real chip on his shoulder, you know, for him to retire as the number one quarterback ring of all time. I, I could see a guy like him wanting to hold on to that. And that's the reason why he holds the ball. But well, yeah, speculation. You know, well, you know, I think it's less holding the ball and more why he's willing to throw it away. You know, that's I mean, he seems I know last year, last year being 2018, not 2019 now. Uh, but in the season before the one in which they went to the NFC Championship, it's I think he led the league right in number yeah. of, of throwaways. Of, of throwaways, and I don't know where he was this year, but you know he he does after he does hold it, uh, he is seems pretty willing to throw it away either out of bounds or into the ground. Uh, that's that's he's really you know quick to to do that. I'm I'm thinking a lot of times he's holding the ball, you know, not so so, so much to hunt the big play as gee, I don't, I don't have a big enough window and I, I'm trying to wait until something becomes so obvious that I can just flip it in there. And that forces him to scramble and that, of course, 
winds up having a bad result too because he can't, you know, escape the way he used to be able to do it five years ago. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. So uh, okay, as, as, before we leave, Roger, I, I wanted okay. to give one more thing. Um, a lot of people, uh, well, maybe that's an overstatement. I, a number of people who are calling the uh, you know talk shows and posting things on the internet are thinking, well, Packers really need to draft a quarterback um, early in the draft. Somebody who is you know, going to sit behind Rodgers because the guy is aging and all the things that we've said, and they need to draft somebody who's going to be able to sit for a couple of years and then, and then take over. And I was kind of curious, you know, all the things that we've said about Rodgers, and some of them are you know, not terribly flattering. And do you think that they need to, you know, early in the draft, meaning like the first three rounds, uh, find themselves a quarterback that might be a successor to Rodgers? Yeah, I. How many? How often has it been that you have a a high draft pick, or high meaning, uh, you know, late late draft pick, a late draft pick in the third round, and you get a, a you know, a, a franchise quarterback? I feel like you get maybe decent backups, unless you know you've got your well, Tom Brady's and your Bart Starr. I mean, they that's Russell happened. Wilson was a third round pick. Yeah, so you know, Joe that, Montana was a third round pick. Well, you're picking, um, so that's four. I mean, of all the drafts, any any else come to mind? Well, I, did, I, did, did you mention you, you mentioned Bart Starr, right? I mean, there's I did mention Bart Starr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there there are. It happens. Yeah. Well, where was Jimmy Garoppolo drafted? Do you remember? Do not know. So not know. I, yeah, but I don't count my, him. As a my great point player. is not is not that he's a great player, but he's a good enough player that they might well win the Super Bowl. I mean. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, was he a second round? I'm, I'm not sure where they got him. But, you know, there are guys that can be good enough within a system, the, quote, system quarterback. Sure. Um, and, again, if the, if, this, if the magic of this scheme is that you don't need an all-world quarterback, you need somebody that's willing to, you know, play within the confines of the system, which is what Garoppolo does, and that means that you can then build – um, on the defensive side of the ball and, you know, focus on your running game. You don't have to have that otherworldly quarterback. You need the rest of the, the team to be good, If you, and then you got to have a solid quarterback, which I think Garoppolo is, and I don't think he's great at all. Um, so, you know, I think you might be able to get in the third round or even the fourth round a guy that could, you know, run that system well enough that you can be in the top echelon of teams with a chance to play in the Super Bowl. I suppose Lamar Jackson, did he drop to the third or was he a second? I know I thought he dropped out of the first round. Um, I thought he was a first round pick, but but maybe he, he maybe it was maybe he was late for Baltimore, but um I, I just I feel like the the better formula is let's keep building the team around Rodgers. You expect him, you you paid him big money. You know, if you sign a first round, second round pick and a quarterback, that's more money going into the quarterback position that you hope you never use. I think you you build the best team when he retires. You you, you it's hard to. I mean, I'd love it if they could hand the ball off then to another Hall of Fame quarterback, just like they transitioned from Favre to Rogers. But I think what happens is then he retires. You get somebody else. You have a 
a bad season, you know, six and 10 season, and then you go draft your quarterback high. Um, I think one of the hard things for like Chicago, you know, Trubisky was what number two overall in the draft, but right. I guess it's not his position as much as the fact, you know, that he might be good enough that you never move on to another quarterback, but he's never good enough to win you, you know, deep into the playoffs. And so you end up being in that, that terrible middle zone where you're good enough to not get a really low draft pick, but you're never good enough to make it to the Super Bowl, which is kind of where the Packers have been. Um, but I, I certainly think they've had, you know, chances. I, I guess so. The long answer for me: I don't want them to draft a quarterback. I want to build that team and let's address the quarterback when we need it. Uh, Garoppolo was a second round uh, pick, and uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah, sixty second overall, and Lamar Jackson was the thirty second pick overall, the last pick of the first round. Okay, well, that's close. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't. Did you realize that? Jimmy Garoppolo and Tony Romo went to the same university. They went to uh, UW uh, Sturdivant. <laughs> <laughs> Eastern, where, uh, Eastern Illinois. Oh, Eastern Illinois. Is that right? Yeah, Is that right. Eastern Illinois. And uh, Romo went to high school at Burlington. Oh, Burlington. That's not. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. Well, I'll take your word for it. I know. I know it's down there someplace in the southeastern part part of the state. Yeah, it's uh, pretty close to where I grew up. Uh, as far as you know, drafting a quarterback goes, uh, I did like what Ron Wolf did. You know, every year, someplace along the way, uh, you know, he found a he found a guy. You know, and he would get that guy, and they would develop him, and they wind up trading you know, trading him off for you know for parts, and it you know it worked out pretty well. Sure. Uh, now, Mark Brunell, he wound up being he had a strong NFL career. He was like a Fifth round pick, he, yeah. He uh, Brunel and uh, I feel like there's somebody. Oh, um, and Hasselback. Yeah, yeah. Wait, was Hasselback a six? Maybe I don't know. Oh, DP was, but you know he made it to the Super Bowl. So yeah. look, if they want to draft low he, and he, uh, yeah. to to challenge Boyle, I guess I'm fine with that. But the first five rounds, I, I think you improve. You know, wide receiver, tight end, maybe offensive tackle, inside linebacker. I mean, I think you go and get really good players in the positions you need. You don't need quarterback next year. Well, I, I guess I would like to see them every year. Just kind of, you know, get one and see if you can, you know, upgrade on Tim Boyle. You know, I mean, I, I think he's a nice story, uh, but, you know, you can probably get better there too. So why not spend a you know, a fifth round or a sixth round pick. It's, I mean, hell, they, they spent that on a long snapper. So right. I guess, the, well, I guess that's that fine. guy was actually a, what was the guy? Seventh round. Like when they had four seventh round picks and they, and they went out they went out and got, and got themselves the successor to Brett good. Yeah. Yeah. And, right yeah. after they got the punter. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think fifth round or, or later, I, I guess that I wouldn't be as concerned because, I, you know, at that point, whether it's that or undrafted free agents, I feel like the talent pool is is kind of roughly around there. Now, Chad Reuter may totally disagree and feel like a fifth round pick is really valuable draft capital, but um, I feel like it's kind of a crapshoot when you get down there. But the top picks, I mean, what we're told that this is a very deep wide receiver draft, so you're going to get a really good option at wide receiver by the, where the Packers end up picking. 
Um, I don't know much about the tight end or the other positions, but I think they said this is one of the best wide receiver yeah. classes. And people are saying, look, you didn't go out and sign uh, you know, Mohamed Sanu for a second-round pick and end up missing the Super Bowl like New England did, and then you just gave away some really valuable draft capital. Well, we kept it, so I hope they spend it in the right place. You know, everyone, you know, were was hot on the on that guy and on and on Sanders, and you know, Sanders didn't have an impact at all in the game, and he's not really been that great for San Francisco. I'm, I'm glad the the Packers uh, didn't waste draft choices in acquiring guys like that. I would much rather see them spend a second round pick on this deep, uh, you know, crop of wide receivers than you know go and and spend a second for a guy that. Well paid, but he's you know his his upside is is done, and you're not going to control him in in the same way. So, well, uh, oh, I, I by just want to say Emmanuel Sanders didn't have much of an impact because Jimmy Garoppolo threw for eight times. So, oh, um, that, Emmanuel Sanders true. had that, a nice impact and, on their team. Really, I think so. Oh, okay. I mean, I that's not my impression. I you know it, it seems to me again this is a team. Uh, that runs the ball. They don't run it as much as, as Seattle did. Uh, but when you're that kind of team, I and you also have you know other capable targets. I'm not sure. You know, again, same scheme too. You're scheming guys open. You don't need allegedly because of the scheme. You don't need great players who are going to win their matchups because the scheme is going to do that for you. So I'm not sure why you would invest so much uh, in that position if your scheme is supposed to you know neutralize to some extent the quality of the players that you have. Well, apparently if you fill your scheme with Kumro and MVS and Lazard and Allison, uh, Rogers isn't going to throw you the ball. I mean, that's, yeah, that's see, that's why the quarterback has to be willing to, to say, yeah, I, you know, but we could this, say that week after week, yeah. it's not happening. I think yeah. you've got to have an Adams one and Adams two and Adams three, and then they'll throw the ball. And, uh, that's, I mean, that's the reality. That is what I saw 18 times this year is that he won't throw it to people if they're open, if they're, he can't trust them. And I don't, I hate it that that's the case. I throw it to Aaron Jones and see if he can get that first down. If he drops it, if he's open, you throw it to him again. That's just, that's who you have. But he, he just won't do that. Uh, Matt Hasselback was a sixth round pick. Did he go to BYU or I'm thinking Ty no, Detmer? Ty Detmer, he might have been a third-round pick. Uh, uh, Matt Hasselbeck went to Boston College. Boston College. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, there are players to be had. And I always thought of Hasselbeck as um, um, not a great player, but a kind of guy that you could win with. And that they, you know, they went to the Super Bowl. And, and you know, it wasn't because necessarily because of him that, that they lost. Uh, I, I think that's the kind of guy you take a chance on. Um, every year and see how it plays out. I, I thought that was one of the good things that, that Ron Wolf did is is making sure at that important position that you always, you know, have somebody. Uh, and a six I don't I don't want to minimize it too much, but a six round pick, yeah, why not? You know, just sure. Oh, that's, yeah, that's see different. what's out there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, but that's not getting your heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. That's upgrading Tim Boyle. With the, uh, yeah, with the option maybe. of maybe yeah, yeah, that's right. Maybe, um, but that's why I'm afraid of is that you get a guy who's kind of a maybe, maybe yes, 
and then you have a quarterback that's sort of in you know an in betweener. And maybe I'm spoiled because I you know we've had Favre and, and Rodgers, but um, you know I think if we someday we're going to have to get a new quarterback, I want to have a get someone with a really high upside um, that will well, fit but, the scheme and you yeah, know but, really but blossom in Green Bay. Do you do you really need a um, an otherworldly player to run the scheme that they're in right now? I I I don't I don't think you do. If you've made a commitment to to Matt Lafleur because he can draw plays and he can scheme the hell out of the other guy. I mean, that's the idea here. Then you need someone who is going to work within that particular system. Uh, and I think, I think that's what's required is, is not the genius of a quarterback, but you want somebody that is going to be good enough to get that guy nine yards downfield on time. And a big part of the Packers issue is they're, the guys are open, but they're not open at the right time. And if you get if you get that down, uh, and you have a guy that's you know willing, I don't know, if maybe a faster mental processor, maybe a thirty six year old doesn't maybe process as fast as he once did. Whatever the reason, if you get a guy in there that's able to process that quickly and to pick out that open man as he breaks th- free at the line of scrimmage and bang, the ball is on him. I don't. You don't need Brett Favre to to do that. In fact, yeah. you don't want Brett Favre to, to do that because guys like that are going to do crazy stuff, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and what you want is somebody that is going to be steady, consistent, competent, you know, is, is not going to second guess the coach, not going to drop something on the ground. He's going to, you know, take the play, get the team in the huddle, get the team out of the huddle, get them the line, and boom, off you go. That's why you hired Lafleur. Uh, they don't need a guy, Aaron Rodgers, 2011. You know, they need somebody who is going to be willing to do what Garoppolo does in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, do you think that uh, the Packers would have had a better game again with Garoppolo or Tannehill? Tannehill? Uh, I mean, it's Tannehill. Tannehill uh, as quarterback. You know, someone who's not going to overanalyze, um, hold the ball, you know, just, you know, do the play, get rid of it. Do you think they would have done better with one of those two guys than Rodgers? You mean better in the game on Sunday or just yeah. better generally? Yeah. yeah, no, in the game on Sunday. Yeah, in the game on Sunday, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't know that they would have won, uh, but somebody who would be just, you know, kind of willing to take what, you know, the the defense gives them. I, I think, yeah, they, they probably would have, they probably would have lost, but they would have lost maybe in a, in a, in a different fashion that maybe a little more competitively um but, that's a horrible that's a well that's but, a pretty uh you know big indictment against rogers to say look well, it, a much for, lesser for, for that game for that game it is because uh, he did not he had 97 passer rating but you know the the three turnovers were lethal and also you know at least a, a couple of the sacks he took were just yeah. were just not good and not and not smart but overall dave i'm i'm not saying that that's who you want to have all the time. You don't want to have Ryan Tannehill all the time. Uh, but for, for the one particular game, yeah, then maybe that would have been good to have a different guy. But throughout the season or throughout seasons to come, I think I'd still rather have Aaron Rodgers. I would just like to see him mold his game to fit what the offense is supposed to do. That's Me all I'm too. I, I agree. I agree with everything you said there. It's just we – 
been saying that week after week after week after week, and I was hoping we're playing San Francisco. He's got to know they can rush with four. Um, they're very fast. I'm going to have to take what the defense gives me. And I didn't see it. Maybe a little bit in the second half, you know, he was a little bit more committed because they were down. He started chucking it more. Um, but it's too late. You know, we're yeah. down 27 nothing. It was just too late. Yep. We All should right, take so one more break if we, we can just sneak one in here. Well, before we break, I want to, I want to, or I guess I, I could ask the question and give you a chance to think about it. Ooh, uh, okay. But okay. So, uh, this is one uh, uh, big snake man uh, threw my way, and I think I might have told you that it was coming. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but he raised the question, and I'm not sure if this is is one he heard somewhere else or if he kind of concocted this one himself. But are the Packers closer to advancing to the Super Bowl or missing the playoffs entirely next season? Mm-hmm. That's that I think tease? I think that's I well I think I think we, we probably could tease it and give and give you a give you a little bit of time to think about it. Um but I, I think it's one for all of us to kind of contemplate as we go into the off season. Are the Packers closer to advancing to the Super Bowl or to missing the playoffs entirely next season? That that's an an interesting one. So uh we're we are we're going to stop and recalibrate here. Uh we knew this was gonna be a long one. Uh, because, hey, it's the last game of the season, and we're looking back and looking forward at the same time. So uh, as we contemplate that question and the other questions of life, uh, we will uh, remind you that uh, under no circumstances are you to go to uh, PayPal and give us money. We just don't want that. It's unseemly. Um, and, we don't deserve uh, it. We no. don't deserve it. No. We are unworthy of your support at PayPal, uh, Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com. So – Anyway, uh, we are going to recalibrate, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about um, that question we asked, and we'll also talk about uh, the list of free agents the Packers have and which of those people uh, we think they might want to re-sign and which we think they might let test the market. So we'll have that. More Packers Therapy with Chris and Dave in just a bit. Final segment, Packers Therapy. Chris and Dave closing out the 2019-2020 NFL uh, season, or at least as far as we're concerned, because the Packers are done. Uh, speaking of uh, teams, Packers therapy just is not Chris and Dave alone. No, my friends, we we have an expansive team, and of course, you know of our of our uh, team chaplain, our team physician, our, our 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 squadron of lawyers that we have, engineers. We have an architect. We have a couple letter carriers. We have Bye. we well, of course, but we're not allowed to talk about that. Oh you yeah. Know? Just want to yep. be clear. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. So uh, we have a lot of people, but a couple of special guys uh, that we want to recognize uh, because they make our lives at Packers Therapy uh, a lot simpler and a lot more fun, therefore, and makes it easier for us to do the podcast. And um, also, um, we wouldn't even have one of the segments probably anymore if it were not for our friend Mitno Miller, uh, Mike Miller. Um, who has for how many years now, Dave? Four or five years has he been doing yeah, this? For I think us? Yeah, at least four, right? Yeah, yeah. And we really appreciate it, uh, Mike, that you, um, you know, do all the tabulations and listen, you know, to, to get all that stuff down and, and then compile it and you get it to us so quickly after the games. Really do appreciate that very much. And, and if you like playing the betting lines, uh, you have Mike to thank because if Mike wasn't going to do it, we we probably were going to stop doing it because it's a really big job. So thanks, Mike. And also, uh, we want to make sure 
that we thank uh, the newest member of the production team making Packers Therapy possible, and that's our man Nick. Uh, where, where does Nick Searle live? Nick, Nick Searle, where, where does he live? Uh, he lives in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I don't remember. Okay. Um, well, he lives somewhere because some everyone has to, right? Yeah. Um, so wherever it is, Nick, uh, in his maybe a tw- Twin Cities. I I don't oh. know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It might be. I don't know. Any, anyway, wherever he is, he is he has audio magic, audio mixing magic that he does, and we very much appreciate that because that was one of the hardest parts, the post production part of Packers Therapy. Um, Dave was the guy that had to do that, and it made it. A lot harder job, and now it's much easier. We ship it off to Nick, and Nick makes sure everything sounds as good as it can, given what he's got to work with. <laughs> and then it, it goes up on Packer stock. So um, at any event, we want to make sure that we thank you guys uh, in the final segment, even though people have tuned out way before this time. Um, so let's talk a minute about uh, free agents. Uh, Packers have a pretty good list of them. I think that they've... Uh, been noted and i think the list some of the names are going to be right away are going to be familiar to people right away uh so let's just kind of go with the most common ones and that starts with brian bulaga uh bulaga is on the wrong side of 30 uh been with him since 2010 um but he you know he's been a good packer he's been very solid when he plays the problem is he doesn't always play because of injury he's had you know that that bugaboo throughout his career um i think i'm leaning toward resigning him unless he's going to get some kind of crazy money offer and then you really can't do that but i'm you know thinking this is a guy you want to bring back yeah i think with all these uh predictions we can assume let's just say they they get market price uh well i guess how can i say that you know, in any situation here, if it's a ridiculous offer that they get from the Raiders, um, then I'd say let them go. Like, don't overpay. But assuming that you're getting good value for these, you know, would you want them back or not? Um, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to mm-hmm. right. keep it there. Exactly. I, I, would, I would bring Bulaga back. For him, it would be more of a length of the contract. If he's getting a four- or five-year offer, I, I don't see that as being a smart, smart trade unless it's structured in a way that you can – uh, drop him after a couple seasons if he gets hurt. Um, but yeah, I think Bulaga, just to for at least one or maybe two more years, you can keep that line together and not make that something you have to to spend a lot of money on elsewhere or use a high draft pick. I, and Bulaga, I don't know, does he want to go and play someplace else? It feels like he's kind of a I'm a I'm Bulaga from Iowa kind of guy, and uh, <laughs> that may want to stay. So hopefully we can get. Maybe a little bit of a hometown discount and uh, get him to maybe like a two-year deal or something like that. Yeah, I I would be okay with three years. He'll probably want at least four. I don't think that's that's a good investment. And in I to, to me the the years more than the money are what the deal breaker is. And I'd be okay up to three, but beyond that, I I don't think that's a very good investment. The one guy I probably would offer a four-year deal to is is Mason Crosby. I mean, for one thing, you know, a four-year deal with him is like two years because he'll be baked for at least two of those years. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and you can kick forever, right? The, well, Del yeah, Greco's right. taught us that you know that you don't ever have to retire if yeah, you're a kicker. Well, the with uh, a couple of kickers now over forty, right? Uh, who was the the, the I forget his name? The guy played kicked for New England, and then he went uh, yeah, Vinatieri. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
guys, Janikowski, you know, aren't those guys? They're right, all like, exactly. like 45 or something, aren't they? I, yeah, and I, I think that I think Cherry's 45. Um, and Jan Stenerud, you know, kicked into his 40s. And hell, I think Fred Cox, the inventor of the Nerf football, I think he also kicked late into his 30s at least. Um, and Crosby's leg seems to be as good. He's he had his most accurate year ever. Um, that's a guy that I definitely bring back. Vinatieri is 47 years old. Did he play this year? He's, I yeah, he played. He, he played for the Colts. He is 47 years old. Uh, now Crosby looks like he's 47 yeah, years old, or yeah. 57 years old for that matter. But um, maybe it's just when he stands next to J.K. Scott, it's just that much of a growing <laughs> difference. But I would bring Crosby back. We don't need. Um, a Minnesota or Chicago situation here. I think I trust him. I bring him back. The other big one is is Blake Martinez, I guess. Um, you know, again, we talked about him earlier in the podcast. Um, he's um, he's 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 a tough one because the the guy's durable. He he gets the other players into alignment. Uh, he makes a lot of tackles. He just doesn't make a lot of splash plays. He's not. He's not a field tilter, and how, how did you react to his emotional outburst yeah. that he had? I mean, it, it was touching in some ways because it was so honest and so real, and anybody that cares about the Packers that much is okay by me. And it's not that I dislike the guy. I just think they have to do better at the position. Yeah. I mean, he was crying, but so was I, <laughs> uh, based on 285 rushing yards for uh, San Francisco. Um you know, I think if you can get him for a very good deal, and now I think I'm not asking for fair value. Now I'm asking for below probably fair value. Uh, and I think Martinez is a, a fine person. I, I don't know. Is some team going to look at him and say, look, he led the lead in tackles again, certainly the Packers in tackles. And maybe he fit a different system better that's got um, more of a 3-4 defense or something where he can doesn't have to be relied on to move side to side as much. Um, but you know, I see him as AJ Hawk. I feel like there's replaceable guys for that, that you don't have to sign a lot of money for. I would only bring him back if you felt you got a really good deal from him. Yeah. I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'll, I'll stick with what I said is that I, I, I like Blake, but, uh, they need to get better at that position. I mean, they, I guess you could do worse. I mean, the guy has led the NFL, I think twice in in tackles, and he's rarely hurt. And he did play hurt this year at a big interception. I mean, the guy's not a terrible player. He's not no. as bad as a lot of the Packer fans seem to think he is. He's he's just not a great player. And the question becomes, what's that worth on the market? How much do you pay a guy who's good and solid? Um, oftentimes, those guys get you know contracts that are outside of reasonable value. Uh, and I, I'm not sure that I would want to compete in that market. And if he gets a good deal like that, you, you know, shake his hand and say, congratulations, we're, we're going to miss you, but you, you got to take that money. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So the rest of these we can go through kind of quickly. Danny Vitale, yeah, he's an okay guy, but I think they can, they can find another solution at, at fullback. Well, they don't use him. You know, they, exactly. he said no plays. I don't know if he was hurt and Rogers doesn't seem to throw to him either. So, you know, if you're San Francisco and you use like they use their fullback, maybe we bring them back. But you know, if you're going to bring them back, you, you know, use them in some yeah. way. So, 
Geronimo, Allison, uh, they probably can move on there, I suppose. I sp- yeah, I would agree. I hope. I mean, I think he's probably a fine human being too, but I, I want them drafting uh, high picks with wide receivers. And and you're also going to be getting back um, Equinemius St. Brown, even though yeah. you know there is no St. Brown, but still, he'll be back next year. That's true. There is no St. Brown in uh, history and in this year. And yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, he was, we thought MVS was more of a talent and we saw where he ended up. Uh, you think, I don't, you know, he's more slight than um, what the other two receivers that they picked up. But um, I wonder if that would have helped if he would have emerged more um, as a receiver. But that that's an interesting I, that when he comes back to see if he can, can do something there. But I, I think they could, they certainly don't need to sign a lot of money to Allison. Uh, Jared Valdir, I, he was retired this year. I'm not sure he's going to come back next year. Um, I I think he's he he may be at the end of his his string. So yeah, I mean it's nice to have veteran backup like that. I'm just not sure the guy's going to want to play. Yeah, I, I and I really don't know enough about him. Um, but yeah, if if he's what if he wants to come back, I certainly want him as a backup. You know, of the ones you've mentioned, he would be one that I'd like to. You know, he had a very good couple of games I, having a backup tackle I mean I don't know if you sign him and say look do you want to cover for Bulaga for a year or two um, you know you're right Valdir retired but has he been injury prone like uh, you know, what's his story but if he were to take the place of Bulaga maybe that's an option um, yeah you know I he would be a bridge to something else because the guy is for sure boy is yep. he 12 years, 10 years in the NFL. He's been around the league a long time. Um, but he did, you know, he, he gave him two, two good starts. He, he was, he was, it was good to have him. I, I'm not sure if they beat Seattle without him. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Irvin in a, in a small sample size. I like what I saw there, but I mean, you might be able to get him cheaply, I suppose. Yeah. I, I don't know what the market would be for him, but, um, you know, unless they go out. I mean, I would feel like you can get a Tyler Irvin type person in the sixth, seventh, or you know, undrafted free agent yeah. round, yeah. like right. But although that guess maybe that's what they did last year. Um, but he showed some upside both on offense. You know, he might be someone that fits well in Green Bay. Yeah, he's he's a he's a running back, which is you know that's good. It gives you some depth there. Uh, but they also had him, you know, playing out of the slot and playing wide, and of course, you know, kick returning. The guy was he had a bobble. On a kickoff, that wasn't mm-hmm. very good in uh, the game last week. But uh, generally speaking, he caught the ball securely and ran forward. And I mean, you could do worse than that guy. But it's going to depend on you know what kind of what kind of money he would command up there. And you're you're right. I mean, if if he's getting a solid deal, then you probably move on from there and try to get somebody in the draft. Yeah. The next one's tough. This is a tough one. Kyler Fackrell. You know, I mean, he's. Again, he's a situational guy, but in that role, I I thought he you know played he played well. He didn't have ten sacks like he had last year, but you know he showed up and and was solid. But because he's more of a backup rotational guy, I don't think he's going to get a big deal, and he might be available on something that's really reasonable. Well, reasonable, fine. But uh, we have Rashawn Gary, and uh, if Backrow's playing a lot next year, then Gary was a bust. So my yeah. hope is. Gary takes a second year step up and we let Fackrell walk. I think someone somewhere, you know, he had double digit sacks last year. I think someone's going to 
pay up for a a pass rusher because uh, that's so important. So I, I I think that's a guy that we can let go. And another, and I would I would lean in that direction too. Um, another guy who's interesting though to me is Tremont Williams. Um, he didn't seem to be a problem out there. He obviously wasn't Tremont Williams from you know 2010, 2011, or something like that. Uh, but I still thought he was a a useful player, solid, dependable. You know, probably one of those coach on the field type guys, a good locker room guy. Uh, I'm not sure at his age though. I want to say he's got to be 35, 36, something like that. He's probably about Rogers' age. Um, and at that position, that becomes real risky. Are you comfortable just you know cutting him loose and you know saying thanks for the the second go around? We appreciate it, but we're moving on. Uh, maybe uh, a one-year deal. Uh, I don't know if that's what he did last year. It was a one-year deal. I, I, you know, I think in this game he was relatively effective. But you know, he's one of those guys that's for the pass and not the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need to have some s- senior leadership on, on, in the locker room, which I think he provides. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed if he came back. But that, that's again, that's that's maybe a, a sweetheart deal for Green Bay rather than you know really paying up. But um, I prefer him over Fackrell or Drama Allison or even Blake Martinez. I, I think having someone more senior in there is not, not a bad idea with a lot of young corners and safeties that they have. So um, did see his performance really tail off. I'm sure it will at some point, but he's your third or fourth corner. He yeah. can be a backup safety. That's not a terrible thing to have back, a yeah. guy that's performed really well in the past. You know, in the same way is uh, Marseille's Lewis uh, is a is a tight end. Um, you know, he he's he's an an old guy, but you know he had a he had a reception in the game, and you know he does block well still. I guess he's one of those again stand up locker room type guys. Um, you bring him back for one more year while they try to figure out the tight end spot. No. Uh, you've got Tanya and you've got Sternberger. Those guys need to step up. They have, I mean, I think Sternberger can block, maybe not as good as Lewis, but he certainly is more athletic receiving. And I, I think those are your two and three, and you've got to go out, go out and get a number one. And that's just too many tight ends. So I, I think I think you let Mercedes Lewis go. The last one, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about Ryan Grant because – on the roster, but never played as far as I can tell. Yeah, he had a great – he never made a single mistake for the Packers. I yeah, mean, that, is, that, is, that is true. And he, I, he was the secret weapon that they kept secret. I forgot about Jason Spriggs. I, he's as good as gone, I'm sure. Yeah, I think uh, so. The last guy, though, is, is, is B.J. Goodson. Um, you know, picked him up from the Giants uh, either, what, late in camp or early in the season. And, you know, he gave an effort out there, but you talk about a – kind of a nondescript, bland player, uh, you know, that's the definition of that. And I, I think they, they need to do better um, against the run than what he gave. I mean, he was solid, but he wasn't, he, he wasn't a guy that was making a lot of difference-making plays. So I, I let him walk. But, you know, he was a guy for this year. You know, they played that hybrid, you know, there was somebody else, but when they played a, a running team, for the most part, uh, you know, I thought BG Goodson did exactly what they needed him to do. I, mean, I don't know how expensive he was, but they picked him up from the Giants, right? I probably, yeah. Uh, as he got cut, I think that was a great signing. But that's kind of a 
you need it this year and go out and get someone better for next year. So I, I, I don't think he comes back. And um, But I think he was a great kind of fit, and he's the kind of player that when you say, like, we need to get someone else other than that fifth-round stiff we got playing linebacker, and you say, well, who else is out there? Oh, his name is B.J. Goodson, as it turns out. And, and he, you know, he's been around the league, and he, I don't recall him making a ton of mistakes. He may not have had a very good game against San Francisco. I didn't see the all-22. But uh, I thought he did a fine job in what we asked him to do this year. Yeah, I, I you know, I, like I said, he, he is not a player that I'm going to get upset about because he just didn't make that big of a splash as far as I was uh, concerned. And I think they can find a guy you know, like that again next year when they need to. Uh, who was the guy from um, last year? A similar kind of deal where they, they, you know, picked up a guy and, uh, you know, played a lot for them. And it was like, okay, that was good. And now we discard him and, and bring in the next guy like him. And it's, and it's BJ Goodson. We didn't see a lot of um, Mr. August. Uh, Ty Summers? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. He, he played a lot on special teams. But we did not see him. I don't know that we saw him at all from scrimmage, and I'm wondering if if that's a guy that you know they're trying to develop. You know that could be, you know, taking the place of a Blake Martinez or you know or or Goodson, somebody like that who's maybe not a great player but a solid one, and they have him in house and under contract already. Yeah. Well, and then there's another guy too that got hurt that they liked even more. I forgot oh, that guy's yeah, name. Yeah, that's right. He got hurt in uh, in in preseason. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was a summers uh, right. type looking yep. guy. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Good old what's his face. Yeah, yeah. Because well, they they were auditioning a lot of guys uh, to play in the middle because Blake didn't you know play during the uh, preseason, so they were letting those guys get a lot of snaps, and you know I. I have a feeling that they must like them, you know. So we'll so we'll see how that plays out, you know, as they as they head into the, the next year. That'll be interesting. Um, yeah. So okay, looking ahead here, um, I'll save that. So any anything else that we want to touch on before we get into betting lines and email? What else do you have, Dave? Um, I think that's pretty much. I, I I thought originally of talking a little bit of how I feel as a fan after this season and kind of being disappointed with a big loss at the end of the, of the season again. And I, I got to tell you, I don't feel like it's nearly as devastating as it's been. So it feels a little bit like we lost to Atlanta in the NFC yeah. championship. It oh, was yeah. a real good game. The game before was exciting. I think that was Dallas that we beat. Was that yep. the yep. Jared Cook catch along the sidelines? Exactly. I mean, that was great. Lots of cheering. Didn't feel we were talented enough to beat Atlanta. And sure enough, we got our clocks cleaned and, I guess it was Shanahan was there too, right? Was that uh, Kyle Shanahan? His stupid hat. Was he with Atlanta with that that team? Uh, you know, I think. Well, wasn't Lafleur there too then? He might have been. Might have been. So it just felt, you know, there's we're better than most. Uh, we're close to a few, and uh, maybe we have a few X factors in the past with Rogers, um, but there can be a team or two that is. It's just their year. I, like in 96, there might have been some talented football teams that really wanted to, to get to the Super Bowl. But we had everybody, you know, Desmond Howard, Reggie White, Fred Favre. This year was San Francisco. So um, I guess I'm at peace with it. It's not nearly as tough as 2014 where it's like you stole it from us. Um, I think I'm at peace with this season. Have you, have you come to peace with it yet? 
Well, I yeah, I, I definitely. Oh yeah, you were playing it, house money. Yeah, you well, were. Yeah, it it's it's so far it exceeded uh, expectations that. Um, you know, I, I kept waiting for the bubble to burst, and it didn't burst, and it didn't burst, and it's like, hey, this is this is incredible. This this is fantastic. I don't care if it's if it's ugly or not. My team's winning, and I never really thought every week as the as they as the games mounted that they were 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 going to win a big game, and they won a big game at Minnesota. They won a big game against Seattle. You know, I think it's. There's a there's a recency bias. I think that affects us all. It's that's why they have such a thing called recency bias. The the last thing that we saw is kind of what is what sticks with us. Uh, but to that point, don't forget they were fourteen and three, and they beat a very good Seattle team uh, that you know was extremely competitive uh, against San Francisco when they played their games. Um, you would think by the transitive property, right, Dave? That because if you know if Green Bay can beat Seattle and Seattle can beat San Francisco, Green Bay should be able to beat San Francisco. But it doesn't. It doesn't work that way necessarily. It comes down to these matchups, and it comes down to vagaries of things like luck. And there's so many people that underestimate the role of luck. Can you imagine if Jimmy G played last year for San Francisco, and they don't wind up? with a high draft pick and they pick Bosa, uh, can you imagine how different, you know, their year would be? And it, it just turned out that they were lucky that they, they got their quarterback hurt because it allowed them to draft some really good players that are making a difference for them this season. So how these things come together is 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 remarkable and the Packers benefited from a lot of it this year missing Mahomes against Kansas City and phantom penalties against Detroit and you know different things that broke their way you can't count on that going forward but that makes it this season all the more of a marvel that it that it came together the way it did well you know another scenario to play out is say San Francisco drafted Rodgers number one uh instead the Packers do you fast forward to today, San Francisco's going to be in the Super Bowl twice. The Packers have gone once. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, it being bad allowed them to have all these draft picks to do it this year. I mean, the Packers have been very competitive. Best, one of the best, second best record in the last 10 years. Uh, one Super Bowl appearance. Um, so I, I know if you're a journey person, that's okay because we've had all these wins much more than San Francisco, but you know, they're going to their second. We're still waiting for our second. The other thing I think, too, of the 13 wins, the way I think of this team is there's probably eight games where they just were better than the other team and they just beat them. And there are five games where it was close. And I feel like the Packers, you know, in those five games, you usually go three and two or two and three. Um, This year, they won all their kind of toss-up games as they yeah, were playing out yeah. it, it it just and that's what made it sort of a special year you know they the three losses the four losses they had they got creamed all the 50 50 games they won um and they easily could have detroit you know oakland uh although they played well against oakland but the fumble out of bounds made kansas city yeah, with the homes getting hurt um Carolina was stopped at the at the goal line. Chicago in the first week. I mean, there are a lot of these really tight games, and they maybe it's a testament to the team that this is uh, not just luck. This is uh, how they were. They were able. They did well in close games. Remember the year they they went zero and five in all their close games. There is a year where it felt like 
every week was within five points and they kept losing. This was a year that they sort of put it all together and, and won those, but that didn't make them the best team in the NFC. They are still just short of, I think San Francisco is probably New Orleans, um, but close, you know, and hopefully close enough. And we didn't answer your question for big snake man. So we, uh, didn't actually address that that question. I think that they are closer to getting to the Super Bowl than missing the playoffs next year. I just I think it all depends on how they rebuild the team and improve the team. And again, I think if they try to improve the defense and leave the offense go, uh, to, you know, use higher, you know, lower picks and uh, under after free agents to try and improve their offense, then I think I would change my mind. But I, I feel like Gudikins is it knows better. He's going to go out. And improve this team on offense and uh, gets people for Rodgers. And I think in that way they're going to be closer to the Super Bowl than missing the playoffs. Well, I, going on what you you know just said about the amount of close games they've had uh, in this past season, the just concluded season, and you overlay that against the good fortune that they had along the way. Um, I think, in, in including injuries, injuries. Well. I was just to yeah, say, yep. yeah. Um, that's why I think they're probably closer to missing the playoffs entirely than advancing to the to the Super Bowl because everything – I'm trying to think of anything that did go wrong for them this year. I mean pretty much everything that needed to go right did go right, and they, they got a long way along the line. It was, it was terrific that it worked out that way. Uh, but I could easily see half of those things you know, going the other way uh, next year. And if that's the case, yeah, they wind up being a nine and seven team. I've, I've heard a number of people say, and I haven't really analyzed it yet, but I heard a number of people say that the Packers could be a better team next year and yeah. not win as many games. Right. And so, so that, you know, right, right there, you know, the fact that they could not have things be as fortuitous for them, you know, if you finish nine and seven. Often is not you. You missed you missed the the playoffs, and I could see them being a nine and seven team that's more believable and more and more solid, but doesn't have injury luck, doesn't have some of the good fortune and who they're playing when and when they're playing them, and so they wind up with fewer wins, but they're probably overall a better team and better positioned. Well, I think the plus side for them next year is your coaching staff's got another year to kind of figure things out. Um, I think Gudikins gets another year to improve the team. I mean, I think both – right now I'm a believer in Lafleur and his staff and Gudikins. Right? What their performance so far leads me to believe that they incrementally get better. The negatives are Rodgers is a year older, which could work in our favor if he plays differently. Um, and you're right. There's the unknowns, which really fell in our favor. Um, I think it means maybe if we go 3-2 and two instead of 5-0, and oh, that makes us 11 and five, and then hopefully, um, you know, up, upgrading the offense can get some of those those wins back. Because I think you know there'll be half the teams we play next year we should be better than, including I think the Bears and the Lions. I, I can't imagine them improving to the point where they pass us. Minnesota will be a wild card, but uh, we'll play some teams next year. I think that will be better than. And if we can go three and two, then they we got eleven, twelve season and. That we could have a better team make the playoffs and be more of a ten to twelve win team than a thirteen win team. I think that's very possible. I've heard a number of people, you know, lamenting, "Oh, the Packers are going to have a first place schedule next year." 
Um, yeah, that is true. But what that will actually mean, we really won't know that um, until the season gets going. And then it's probably going to change as the season goes along. I, I'm not concerned that they have the, quote, first place schedule, because I'm not sure what that means at this at this point in time. Uh, you know, if everything was exactly the same next year as, the, as this year, yeah, that would probably be a problem. But in the NFL, things are rarely the same year to year. I mean, it's for the, mean, the reasons you just said, you know, teams, teams retool, they let go of players, they add players in free agency, they draft certain players, you know, all these, this very dynamic churning and a number of teams also, you know, change, change coaches or change offensive or defensive philosophies. And it's never the same year to year. So I'm not worried about the schedule that they're going to be facing. I, I'm just resigned to the fact that even if they plug holes and improve themselves, they, they won't have the good fortune they had this year. They won't have, for certainly they won't have um, the luck with injuries. Uh, there was just so few injuries when you could put the same guys out there every week. What a luxury that was. And, and that yeah. just never happens to the Packers. You know, it, was, it, was, right. it was great to see. Yeah. Well, to speaking of the opponents, just real quick. Yep. Their home games next year will be obviously the Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota, right. of course, uh, yep. Atlanta, Carolina, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Philadelphia. No, there's some uh, pretty good teams there. I mean, there based are. on what they did the, this season. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, Atlanta, Carolina, um, Tennessee, Philly. I mean, those are all. But you know, if you can go eight and zero at home, uh, <laughs> those are all teams that you can uh, you could potentially beat. And then you got to get four and four on the away. Is that's how they say it? So you got Chicago right. away is Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota. New Orleans, tough game. Tampa Ooh. Bay, Houston, Indianapolis, back to San Francisco. So that is only one Western uh, Pacific time zone. Oh, well, that's right. lucky. So that, because that that three and a half hour flight is just just so brutal. So it's very likely they could go fifteen and one next year <laughs> if they only have to go to the West Coast once. So that's a huge break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can see why people are concerned because when you, when you read off the list of those teams and you think about them, how they did this year, a lot of playoff teams on there. And I have to think that, you know, Chicago is is going to be formidable again. They're good, on you know, certainly on defense and um, offense is a bit of a question, but they were really good in 2018. So I'm not willing to, to write them off. Um, and one of, one of these days, the Lions are going to be competitive again, too. We, we don't know when that's going to come, but they, you know, their division is not a layup and Minnesota is, is, is still there. I mean, there's lots of places, uh, where the Packers could, could trip up, it, but it's, it's going to, it's going to come down. The most important factor is if they are still going to rely on 12, uh, to be who he was five years ago, I just, I just don't think that is smart. I, I think they, they really have to get him to start playing within the system they have. And if they, if they do that, I think they'll have a chance against every opponent offensively and defensively. I, I think they have an opportunity now to kind of fortify a little bit of what they have there. And I, I think they'll be, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. If, they uh, are are willing to to well, it's not a question of organizationally willing to buy into the Lafleur system, but getting the quarterback 
willing to do that. And it's, I, I just don't know how you do that. Yeah. He, he seems as though he, he has a way he wants to play, and that's it. And that's what he knows. That's what he does. I don't know how you get to change that. I don't know either. I mean, he's going to have to uh, – I, I don't know if the coach is strong enough to, to bend his will to, to his own. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's that's another negative for next year. He's a year older, wants to still play like he's younger, and uh, you know he gets sacked 10 more times next year. Uh, you know, that's, that's a concern. That's why I just hope they upgrade that offense so that he can sit there and see an open guy right away because that guy runs a four three and he's really excellent and get him the ball. Well, he's a problem. Well, Adams is wide open because they're double teaming so-and-so. And, um, that, uh, that's how I think this offense is great again, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It's not an endorsement. A stretch. It's just, uh, it, that phrase is, uh, floats around, but I am ready to do the betting line. So are you ready Let, for this? Let's do it. Let's see how we went. And you, also going to have betting lines for the off season, which is I'm excited to hear all all about that. And and I have totals for the entire year. Hey, this is so there is a winner uh, for the entire 2019 season. So this is exciting. Um, but let's just do the last week here. Uh, there are two people who got nine points, nine correct. Wow. Uh, but there is a single winner. So, um, but nine is pretty impressive. Let's go through it. Okay. Uh, Number one, you I asked you the uh, total passing yards for Aaron Rodgers. You set the line at 205. Ooh. It was 326. So over yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, percent of targets to Adams. You set the line at 40 percent, and uh, it was 27 percent. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so a lot of targets are on. Yeah, I guess there are a lot of passes. Um, Number three, number of interceptions by Green Bay. You set the line at one and a half, and uh, I'm looking at a big goose egg on that one. Yeah, well, but it's hard to around, intercept though. when you don't throw it. Well, that is true, but the other way around, you know, there was two, so I've got that going for me. Which That's is true. Nice. Yeah. Uh. You you just miss. Yeah, I got the wrong direction. Sure. Uh, number four, uh, number of sacks by the Smith brothers. You set the line at two and a half. Looks like another goose egg on that one, Chris. That's well, there there was one sack. Uh, there was on Gruffalo. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's in the official There is staff. one sack. Yes, yeah. that's, that's true. Well, I'm looking at a goose egg, but, um, it's still the under habit. So right. Yes. I'll leave it there. This yeah. is a good one. Uh, number five, number of, uh, total rushing yards for San Francisco. You set the line Ooh. at 135. It was 285 Ooh. yards, Chris. Ah, uh, that's um, ugly. That's ugly. Number six, uh, receiving yards for Kittle. You set the line at 86. He was 19. <laughs> Underhead that. That's so good. Uh, sacks on Aaron Rodgers. You set the line at three and a half, and it was three. So hey, finally, I nice had one job. in the ballpark, yeah. All right, so uh, seven and a half. Will they show Aaron Rodgers in the waiting room? Yes, they yeah, did. Yeah, they did. They, they did indeed. <laughs> uh, uh, the next one, did they show Montana, Young, Rice, Favre, and Reggie White? Uh, the answer that Mike has is no. They I thought they showed all of them, but... Did you see Reggie White? Did they ever show Reggie White? I thought, I thought they, they did. did for the uh, the coin toss. But but uh, but wait, no no. Mike is the official arbiter here, so I yeah. I'm going to go with him. But I thought I recall that too. But maybe I'm uh, maybe it's in the film in my head. All right. Well, it's not going to affect the score. Uh, but uh, I thought that it was they showed a coin toss and it was far. Uh, prior 
what was that? Not, let's see, Aaron Pryor. Mike but, uh, Pryor. Mike Pryor. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Reggie and who was the four? Was it Leroy, Lord Butler? I thought they were the four that were out there. I'll look that up, but um, that was the easy one to miss. But either way, I don't think it matters with the who wins or loses. Uh, seven, seven, eight. Will they show the Bosa, Bosa, Kumaro? They did not show that one. Uh, that one is pretty clear. They didn't show that. And did they ever list the number of championships in some kind of lame bar chart? I uh, didn't see that one either. And then the tiebreaker, which came into play, uh, Aaron Jones total yards, uh, who we had 83. Was, I had 125. You had 75. The winner this week is Jerry Adams. Jerry Adams with He's nine, the, correct? Is he the head of, Sh- of Sinn Féin, the Irish I'm Republican sorry? Army? And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the political party, the Irish nationalists, Jerry uh, Adams. Yeah. Jerry Adams. Uh, let's, uh, I don't know. I would I, guess not. I'm, I think pre- he, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the same Jerry Adams of the Irish Republican army. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh I, yeah. I, let's hope not. And, uh, anyway, uh, well, they like green there, you know, so green, that's gold, true. you know, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, Brent Crevillian uh, also scored nine, so that was a uh, very close and good effort. But Jerry, you have the uh, usually we'd say Jerry, you've got the uh, the suite at the Packers Therapy Hotel Casino for all off season. But I'm sorry, we're going to trump you for the person who got the most points uh, in the whole season. Are you ready for this one? Going to trump him with like make Packers Therapy great again? Yeah, that <laughs> very good. Um, one thing I'll I'll state that uh, we have 52 people played the betting lines this year. What? So oh my God. not that, not every insane. week, not every but week. Still, that's crazy numbers. Very, very good. Um, and you know, one pe- person who did play every week was was me, right? By by of default, oh. um, I was not close to um, getting the top spot. Um, there, I had 58 points total. There were two people that got 80 points. So think oh about God. that. Uh, they played every week, and it's remarkable. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, so they also played every week. So that makes sense. You had to play every week. They did meaningfully better than me. We don't have a tiebreaker, so we have two winners who got 80 points, and that is Bill and Delafield. And it was our man in Michigan where it always rains. Richard <laughs> Durain. Richard Durain and Bill and Delafield, you both scored 80 points for the season. Congratulations. It's a testament of your knowledge and your, uh, your, your, um, y- that you are on time and, and may- got your picks in every single week. So um, very proud of both of you. You guys get to share. In fact, we're going to lock you in the suite at the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino for seven months. And good luck. Uh, no one, only one comes out of that suite. Um, <laughs> it'll be a cage match extraordinaire. We'll put cameras in there and we'll watch it all happen. But uh, congratulations to those guys. 80 out of, well, how many would we have? Roughly about nine each. What's nine times 16, Chris? Nine times sixteen is one hundred and forty-four. One hundred and forty-four. Um, so, a little, yeah, not, not too great, but uh, this was a difficult year to, to take it. You won at fifty-five percent. <laughs> so, well, that's that's you know that's kind of how we like to play here at uh, at uh, Packers Therapy Hotel. That's true. What, you know, that's yes. what casinos want, right? Yeah. You know. So, and I think what Dave meant to say is that the big winner this year, the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino. 
with lovely accommodations throughout oh. the fine gambling state of Nevada, soon to be in Atlantic City. Uh, so we're we're looking forward to that new property because um, we don't I, want anyone flying west anymore. Well, no, right? because it's exhausting. Yeah. Oh, that 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 flying west from the middle of America is just uh, it's 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 horrible. I don't know. I I think it was amazing the Packers were even fit enough to be able to play. Well, you got to go over the Rockies, and you got turbulence oh. there. Oh yeah, uh, you got to navigate bumpy. between the peaks. That's hard. Oh it's man, hard. it is. It is. It's 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 brutal. It's brutal. So now, the, we're going very late on this podcast, but I so, do have yes some off season uh, betting lines that I would, and a lot Excellent. of our yes or no's. But uh, I think it would be interesting to put these out there, send it to Mike. Mike, you can sit on them. this. I think the cutoff for all these things to 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 know who won or lost will be kickoff of the first game of the season. So okay. if any of these happen between now, the first game of the regular season, regular season, not or the preseason. Games. Correct. Okay. Correct. Are you ready for the off season? The first time ever off season. Uh, I was, I was, I was born ready, Dave. All right. Number one, uh, Rogers quarterback rating. No, um, that's true. <laughs> uh, will Rogers retire? Will, will Rogers uh, he was a great American humorist, as I recall. <laughs> yes. That's Happy true. trails. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Will Rogers. Uh, no, no. Will Aaron Rogers retire? Uh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Will he do what? I'm sorry. <laughs> retire. No. Well, eventually. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, you right. know, no, but, by but, not, but not this off season. Yeah. No. Okay. I'll say no to uh, number two. Will Jimmy Graham retire? Uh, I think that might be a yes. All right, I'm going to say the, yes. The things he was saying in his, you know, kind of post game, it gave me the feeling he's got one foot on the banana peel and and, and the other in the retirement rocker. <laughs> in the grave. Uh, number three, will Kenny Clark be signed to a long term deal? Th- this offseason? Yeah. Yes, I think he will because one thing, he's threatening a holdout. So yeah, I, I think, think so too. that'll force their hand. Uh, number four, this is a line. How many unrestricted free agents will the Packers sign? Hmm. I will set the line for that at. Wait a second now. Unrestricted free agents. Uh, I mean, they. I think they. They already did sign like ten, right? Free agents to the Ooh. to the practice squad. Yeah, uh, I wasn't counting that. Um, but, but those are probably a different classification of free agent. Yeah. Um. So the unrestricted free agents. Um. For instance, I think when they signed Julius Peppers, he. He was a free agent, but he was a, quote, street free agent. Oh, my. All right. So if I just say free agents from this point forward, from and to a uh, – how do I how do I quantify? I mean, I, I want meaningful free agent, not just uh, they signed a 10th backup wide receiver or, you know, something like that. Yeah, that, because they do a the lot of that. Squad. I mean, they, they – yeah, they, they – How many free agents will they sign that make the roster next year? Oh, now that's a good one. Okay, so new free agents uh, of any stripe that make the roster next year. Every uh, year, it's like I think most teams don't they turn over like twenty five percent of the roster every year. Yeah, um, and, and and I don't want to include uh, yeah. undrafted free agents. That's sort of a that's a different question. So I'm talking about make the roster that played on a different team last year. Okay. Um, I if we got a different team last year, yeah, I'll 
I'll set a line at four and a half. Four and a half. I'm going to take the over. And yes or no, will one of those be a wide receiver? Uh, yes. All right. I'll say yes, too. Uh, what position will they draft in the first round? Mm, that is a good one. Um, boy, I there's so many good wide receivers. They might wait because they get a good one later. Um, I'm going to go with um, a linebacker. Linebacker? All right, yep. I'm going to take wide receiver. Yep. Uh, number seven, will Petten get fired? Mm. Yeah, I, we made it clear. I, I don't think either one of us think he should be, but will he be? I guess I'm leaning toward yes. Oh, okay. I'm going to say no. Okay. Uh, seven and a half. Uh, where, what station will, or what, yeah, what TV station will Romo be announcing next year? So what will he be with, right now he's with CBS, correct? Right, right. Is he and Jim Nance? Um, I, hmm. I think he likes working with Nance, and so it would have to be a package deal. I, th- I think he'll still be with CBS. All right, I'll say ESPN. Okay. Uh, seven, three, four. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Um, hmm. I'll go with San Francisco. I, I, right. I would rather see Kansas City, but I, I do think San Francisco is the better team. All right, I'm going to say Kansas City. Uh, and seven, seven, eight. This is a tough one. Who's going to win the XFL championship? Um, let me think. I, there's a team in Las Vegas, right? There has to be. Uh, I don't know. You want to just, you don't have to look it up. You want to just throw it out there? Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Las Vegas team. There there must be, it's the XFL, right? There's gotta be Las Vegas. The Las Vegas degenerates or whatever they're called. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) The, uh, I'm going to pick the St. Louis Battlehawks. You That's guys right. have a team, huh? I didn't know. And that. I have, uh, I have uh, season tickets. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, you're, you must be you. one proud young man. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> and know. then the tie, the tiebreaker. Oh, okay. Is getting whoever is the closest to whatever the number one draft pick's jersey number will be next year. Mm. Uh, okay. I because uh, I think it's a linebacker, so I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with. Uh, with uh, 50. 50? Oh, poor yep. Martinez. I'm going to pick 82. Okay, because you're thinking it's a it's wide a receiver. receiver. Yeah. And uh, I don't know who has 82 now. I don't think it's... Uh, I can't think of anybody that does. I think that was... Uh, what's his face from uh, Missouri had it? Um, oh, uh, yes. Um, uh, Moore? Moore? Yeah. Jamon Moore. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick 82. He's not a football, right? I don't know. I, I don't um, think I even heard of any other team, so yeah. Well, my son goes to Missouri, so I could see if he's on campus. Um, <laughs> well, that's your betting lines right there, and uh, so we've got the winner for the week. We've got the winner for the whole season. This is the winner for the off season. So if you want to play the off season? Yep. You got to send an email to Mike Miller again. Mike thought he was retired, um, <laughs> so you can send it to Mike, and if Mike refuses. Then we'll we'll figure that out. But uh, Mike's email address is mitnomiller.com at gmail.com. That's <laughs> M-R-T-N-O-M-I-L-L-E-R uh, at mitnomiller.com. You said right? <laughs> Wait, did I say that? 
Yeah. No. Oh. See, I said gmail.com. Well, but you no, know, you changed it then to gmail.com. Oh, yeah. It should be. It should be Mike at MittnoMiller.com. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, maybe we can get him a, his own uh, domain name as a uh, payment for all he's done. It's MittnoMiller at gmail.com. That you want to sing it, Chris, exactly one last time? Uh, no, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. This is, I, yeah. I can't imagine listening to this podcast. It's, yeah. So we're going to just going to tell you to, you know, email Mike and play along with us and give us something to track in the off season. Uh, okay. I, I just want to go through some email, uh, quickly to acknowledge people that have quickly. been, uh, Yes, well, nothing is quick we, about this podcast. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point as well. Uh, Pastor Kevin uh, was in touch with some very, with some very, very nice uh, comments um, along the way. He he says that he, um, you know, used to be um, kind of a guy that you know was all about the bottom line and the winning and losing. He's been more of a journey guy um, along the way. And he thanks us for a nice season and interactions on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So um, he also points out, which I had forgotten, that they had signed a receiver from the Canadian Football League. Uh, so that will be interesting to see if, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about it other than when I watch Canadian football, it's the field is too long and, you know, they do too many weird things. And they also wrap up too soon, in my opinion. So we'll see. But uh, thank you, Kevin, for your uh, email, Pastor. We do uh, appreciate that. Uh, our guy, Tom, uh, in Germany, uh, he says, uh, I will certainly be listening in 10 years' time to your podcast. I'm sure that many others will, too. You guys are like friends that I've never met. I like listening to your opinions about the games, but what I really like is the humor and humbleness. Well, oh. thank you, sir. Well, we, that, that goes with our uh, lack of knowledge. <laughs> lack of ability. We, we have so much to be humble about. So, <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, Tom, Tom, thank you. Uh, we really do appreciate you. you. sent us a couple emails this past week. And um, thank you for checking in from, uh, from Germany. Uh, I, Chuck, of course, uh, checked in from Paris uh, to let us know that, yes, uh, he was still in Paris. And, yes, he is still the inventor of the iPhone. So thank you. Um, and the champion, the champ himself, Richard Durain, uh, a couple of emails called Shallow Thoughts. I don't know if you remember reading these, Dave. These were some funny, um, some funny comments uh, that Richard made uh, along the way. So uh, thank you for being a regular correspondent, Richard, for playing the betting lines, for winning the season betting lines. So you get to get yourself all uh, oiled up and roll around on the rubber sheets in the bunk beds at the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino, along with Bill from Delafield. Oh. Right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'll just call him Bill, Bill Delafield from now on. So, all right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Richard, th thank you. That was a classic. Uh, <laughs> that was absolutely a, a classic email. So, thank you. Um, and I think that's all the email we can go across. A lot of people corresponding with us via Twitter. Uh, that is the best place uh, to get us. And we will monitor it in the off season. Uh, at oh, you Packers forgot Chris. At Twitter. You've oh, Chris. you know, he, I he, did. Where did I? Where did I put Chris? Oh, there. The, oh, there he is. There he is. The oh, pains okay. of fandom. Yeah. Yes. This was a good one uh, from uh, uh, Chris uh, in now in Scottsdale. Um, he said uh, when the score was uh, thirty-four seventy, he said he was emotionally drained. He didn't expect Green Bay to make it to the championship game. He thought the best bet was maybe eleven wins, ten win team. 
Um, and he says, like us, he's curious what they'll do in the offseason. He thinks the priorities are speed at wide receiver and linebacker. Never a bad thing to have, I think, especially at linebacker. And he also would like to see some nastiness on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, nastiness. I um, I don't know if if nastiness was a problem for them or not. I don't think it was on offense. Uh, defense, Kenny Clark was a man. The other two guys were try-hard guys. Did, did you detect any lack of nastiness, Dave, in the Packers this, this season? Not like other years where I felt that they were soft. I, I, you know, of all the things we've said this year, I, I don't ever remember saying that they were soft. Um, but I think they were light and fast. Um, you know, I, I, I think like Savage, he's not built for the run game. But I don't, I don't think he was too soft and... I don't necessarily think he was nasty. I, I don't need late hits and stuff like that. But I thought the Smith brothers brought, you know, you think of Seattle, Minnesota, the last few games of the season. I thought they were nasty enough. But um, do you need some kind of Wayne Simmons in there rather than uh, Brent, uh, Brent, Blake Martinez? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I Jair Alexander, I thought, played with an edge all season long. Hell, Blake oftentimes played with an edge. Um, um, but on the lines... I I didn't think there was it was a case of being soft. I think it's a case of defensive line. Maybe other than Kenny Clark, I don't think they have a ton of talent there. More than uh, I think that was more a factor than uh, whether or not that they were you know nasty out there. Um, so yeah, I mean doesn't hurt I guess to play with a little bit of a a little bit of a um, uh, edge. And he said anyway. The annoying thing about it is that the narrative will will be. And I think he's been proved right about this. Quote, Rodgers didn't do this. He didn't do that. What a failure. And I hope we didn't leave that impression. We might have in the podcast that we felt that way. I don't, I don't think that's exactly right. I'm not laying this all off on Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, he, he did not have a bad game. His passer rating was 97, passed for over 300 yards. Um, you know, he had... a had a good game. The interceptions, mm. well, the one in particular, the one the back shoulder he tried to get to Geronimo, and um, the fumble on the exchange, the strip sack, and, um, and, and the other sack he had on the 13-yard loss, those were all things um, that hurt them. The one came on third down in particular. It's like uh, a turnover. And the fumble came when they were moving the ball. You know? yeah. I'm not laying this all off on Rodgers. Uh, he didn't have a great game. He had, well, by many metrics, an okay game. I don't think that's what we're trying to do here because it's it's not you know all on him. There were other people, you know, and some of the the defense. I don't think you know came necessarily to play. So uh, I I hope we haven't given that impression that we're saying this is all all on Aaron Rodgers. I think he could have probably helped them more if he had. You know, played a little more within the offense and in the first half in particular, but I don't think this is all his fault. No, uh, no, not all his fault. I, my expectations for him are are super high, which he's placed on himself and the contract and all all that. And you know, just an okay at best is, uh, you know, that's that's not how this team is built. This team will will motor if he's playing at a at a at a you know. His his level that he's set in the past, 
Um, so I'm disappointed that he wasn't able to do that. I guess the it's not the the numbers or the it's, you know it's, it's the it's it just seems the unwillingness to fit the scheme that we had this year. I and and I don't know because I'm sitting here in St. Louis watching these games, but just felt like there is this disconnect and it really happened. I mean, it's so interesting. I thought at some point it would be changed, but when Devontae Adams came back, the offense got worse. And I other than a, maybe a couple games, I just I felt like it never really clicked after that. But man, there was a couple of games in there that it was really humming on offense. And uh and, you know, hopefully it's something we can capture back next year. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of people have pointed out on both an email and in Twitter, um and when I say a lot, I mean, you know, maybe five or six, okay? But they, they've made the point that it's the second year in a new system that things begin to gel. And that's that fair. You, and, and you see improvements. And I think that's, I think that's a worthwhile comment. Um, and I think Nexter will tell a lot. Um, while he has time in the offseason, you know, Rodgers will have a lot of time to consider, you know, what the rest of his career is going to look like, what he wants it to look like, what kind of player he's he's going to be in in the last you know couple seasons that he's that he's playing quarterback, and so he will have that opportunity to decide, you know, am I am I going to change my game to fit the current circumstances? And I'd like to think, being the smart guy that he is, uh, he seems to be reflective and. Um, he's the kind of guy that I, you know, could see analyzing it and realizing that it, in terms of the aspirations he has, not just to win a championship, but, you know, to be that highly rated quarterback, this is what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to take a lot more of the quick throws to, for his own preservation, but also because the high percentage throw is, you know, good for your numbers. You're not going to get a lot of interceptions. So I could see him doing that. But if he doesn't do that, if he won't play within the confines of the offense, I can't see him going any any deeper in the playoffs, and I can't see him winning any more games. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll 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 see. It's it's going to be an interesting offseason. I'm more excited about it given the success that Gutekunst and the approach he's taking. Um, I think you know we're going to see a good Super Bowl. Only two teams have played one week longer than us. Yep, and, that's right. Uh, you know, we, we'll have an interesting draft. If it, I think free agency is, I can actually watch ESPN when that happens. Uh, let's see how they how they come out. Hopefully, I, w- can we end on this, Chris? As we think about, uh, we forgot to mention that you and I were quoted in the oh. Green Bay Post Gazette. Do you want press, to talk about that? Press Gazette. Press Gazette. Sorry, yeah. Post is uh, yeah. is St. Louis, but Press yes. Gazette. Do you want to mention what that was all about? Uh, yeah, it was, um, yeah, this is, it will actually give us a chance to kind of rewind a story that this, uh, reporter did. Uh, I saw it on Packers news, but it was originally posted in the uh, Green Bay Press Gazette. Um, and I don't have the writer's name in front of me. Uh, Rich Rifle. Yeah. All right. Okay, great. Um, he wrote an article about, um, Packers fans in the Bay Area. And as I was reading through it, oh, look, it's Tom and Judy, you know, regular contributors to Packers Therapy, play the betting lines, listeners for a long time. Tom and Judy, our friends uh, from California, were mentioned in the article. I think they even had a picture uh, yeah. in the article that this, uh, that this guy wrote. And so I wrote to him um, to say, 
yeah, I you know know Tom and Judy. They listen to our podcast, and uh, I also you know know this this guy overseas um, in Paris who you know watches the games at this really cool little you know Packer bar. It, it's a local thing in Paris, and if you're ever doing a story, um, you know maybe you want to consider uh, you know featuring this guy in this bar uh, if you're doing an overseas story. And, you know, he wrote back to say, hey, well, gee, thanks a lot for that. I appreciate the lead. And if you have any comments after the game is over, uh, why don't you let me know? And I responded by saying, I'd be happy to do that. And, oh, by the way, here's my friend from St. Louis. We host a podcast together. Uh, link is provided in the link to Packers stock. And um, sure enough, after the game, Dave and I both got back to him. And gave him our impressions of the game. And he used quotes from each of us in the article. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, if you want to see it, if you go to uh, GreenBayPressGazette.com, the article is called Packers fan, Fans Disappointed in NFC Championship Game, but it was a good year. Except for my quote. My quote didn't focus on the positive. <laughs> um, if you look at it, um, it's still up on the site. I was curious to look at what comments uh, were below. I'm a little nervous of looking at that. Um, I like to keep the comments within the family. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's uh, Richard Ryman. Did I say Richard Rich Ryman. Rifle? Yeah. There's a Rich Rifle that works at Washington University. Uh, this is Richard uh, Ryman. And yeah, if he listens to the podcast, which he probably doesn't, <coughs> very nice. They included both of us. That was cool. Yeah. Well, he seems like a, a decent guy. I mean, he, he got back and forth with me several times on stuff. And uh, I appreciated that. And uh, I was kind of hoping he'd mention Packers therapy in his column, but he didn't. But that's okay. Uh, it was it was nice to be to be uh, uh, quoted anyway in it. So uh, I saw I found the story on uh, on PackersNews.com. I think those those sites um, uh, are related. I think both the Press Gazette and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel are owned by the same company by by Gannett, and I think that they cooperate on PackersNews.com. I think that's a joint. Uh, property of the Journal Sentinel and the Press Gazette, so I think that's why it wound up in in two different places. So you can find the article if you uh, want to see the reaction and, and see what quotes uh, they used from 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 us, from Chris and Dave in that article. So that was so that was nice. Very um, similar to our thoughts that we've yeah. talked about for the last two hours, but it's out there if you want to see it. <laughs> that is that is a very good point. Uh, if you read the article, you won't have to listen to this podcast. Oh. You've already gotten to this point in the podcast. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Could have saved two hours. <laughs> well, this is the time where uh, Chris and Dave, we, uh, you know, climb into the uh, in, into the den for the long off season. Dave has got his den burrowed underground next to the stainless steel arch near the Mississippi River. Yep. Uh, and I, of course, central Wisconsin, nothing but a large cave. Uh, so I can just you know curl up and and uh, sleep my way until uh, Packers football uh, returns with the fake games in August. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but you know, given that we've been doing this for 15 years, I guess we might as well do it for a 16th year, right? Well, I got to figure out what's going to happen with the betting lines that we did in the off season. So. Um... Lord willing, we'll be back for season 16. That's kind of the plan right now, at, at least. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I think we're both going to watch the Super Bowl. 
Uh, we'll probably do our fair share of uh, cheering on the Milwaukee Brewers along the way. And uh, come August, come training camp, come the fake preseason games, uh, we will be back. But until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.